0: Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast covering Halloween, that is, every movie in the Halloween franchise. I'm your host, Darren Mooney, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Andrew Quinn. How are you, Andrew?
1: Spooky, Darren.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> Let's see if we can yeah. keep that note for like...
1: I, I feel like it's probably been a while since we've done that. But <laughs> for, for, for <laughs> yeah. the listeners... It's been like three if, days. <laughs> yeah, if they're, yeah, exactly. Um, Everybody but, loves that. <laughs>
0: Uh, on reserve. Remember, <laughs> I remember the first time you listened to the Christmas. Theme that i had edited together from you singing <laughs> hey piddle piddle and i'm wondering that's what just, the hell was that it's
1: just really bad where did that come from <laughs> how is it me <laughs>
0: and i did create an ai model andrew i have to say unfortunately but that's okay we are talking about the 13 films in the halloween franchise this I mean, is not ai this is Do not, not adju- just your i mean if we were ai we would have to tell you right? that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's the rules Uh, But we are covering the 13 films in the Halloween franchise. We're going from 1978's Halloween all the way up... This isn't even intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) It it may be artificial, but it's not intelligent, baby. All the way up to 2022's Halloween Ends. And joining us for this wild ride, the fantastic Joey Kyo. How are you, Joey?
2: Hello! It's me! I'm spooky, too <laughs> <laughs> ah.
0: well, <it's> <laughs> yes. we, we really should like the podcast or studio better it's It's really uncomfortable when guests just emerge out of the shadows <laughs> into the mic. um. But we are rotating guests through this season, so we're going to have a different pool of guests. Last week, we had the fantastic Dr. Bernice Murphy. This week, we have a wonderful guest. The self-proclaimed 250s Queen of Trash. That is not a title that we would bestow. It is a title that you have to choose yourself. The wonderful Billie Jean Doheny. How are you, Billie Jean?
3: Hello, guys. Thank you for having me back. I am not spooky. I am mentally ill, though.
0: (laughs) Nice, nice. Very nice. (laughs) So... Last week, myself, Andrew, and Joey kind of talked a little bit about our relationship to the Halloween franchise. Before we talk about Halloween two, Billy, like, and this is where I feel like I'm Jason Clark and Oppenheimer. Could, could you describe your relationship <laughs> to Michael Myers and the Halloween franchise?
3: Um, it's a very long-standing, um, loving relationship. I think it all kind of stems back to was was there an extra vision in Stephen's scream?
2: Maybe I think there was. Ooh! At some point,
3: yeah. What? What growth? do you call that?
2: That's
0: Peak Ireland. Mm. Like that is Peak our, One of our big shopping yeah. centers. Yeah,
2: yeah. Sorry, non-Irish. We had
1: one. <laughs> I know, like <laughs> no, there was. No. Yeah, I know. I know there was like a, a a DVD place on like uh Andrew Street. I'm trying to think where then, and there was definitely. A an extra vision on O'Connell Street.
0: One of one of my great regrets in life is not getting a job in extra vision. When I when I was in secondary school, I would just continuously. Drop my CV, and even when they weren't looking for staff.
1: Darren, yeah, like most Me of too. his shirts are uh, Extravision. Um, Extravision shirts, <laughs> but That's but he's never unreal. worked in
0: Extravision. Yeah, uh, I love eBay that. has a really thriving yeah. secondary market. Um, yeah. But sorry, Billy. But
3: yeah, I d- yeah I'm just like throwing everyone into it's a time warp. Cosplay. <laughs> I just remember
0: like- my my house looks like an Extravision store. Andrew finds it really disconcerting. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I love it, um, but. I just remember going in and like, you know, obviously at the time would have been VHS and seeing all the kind of the cover art. And I was always so drawn to like the Halloween box art, even though I didn't fully understand it. And then one day, do you remember the way they used to have the TVs dotted all over the shop? And they yeah. just used to run movies. It's, yeah.
0: it's
1: how I've seen most movies.
3: Yes,
0: <laughs> that's We've had insane. movies on this podcast where Andrew's been, that was a video store movie. I never yeah. rented it, yeah. It just was in the I store, watched
1: a decent been. portion of, like, Ang Lee's Hulk.
0: The way
3: God and intended, Andrew. Exactly.
0: On a monitor next Sometimes to truly madly The only
1: Transformers <laughs> movies I've seen, I've seen through the window of like um hardware hardware stores, stores testing the <laughs> hardware <laughs> monitoring
0: on back in TVs.
1: Can you make sense of this even on this television?
3: Yeah. <laughs> even it's like so close. funny enough, my, my first TV that I ever bought myself was actually it it was from ExtraVision because they had the trailer for Avengers. Playing and I just thought it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. So I was like, I saved up like all my kind of summer job money and I bought that TV from Extravision and it was a pile of crap. It was so bad. <laughs> Obviously, they had some kind of mad HDR thing to like make the trailer look really good, but the TV itself was actually shockingly terrible. So I've had trust issues ever since then.
0: <laughs> Billy discovers the TV only plays the trailers from Avengers <laughs> yeah. every channel all it's the, the only, time.
3: It's the only one I was like, try, it was like a. David Lynch movie. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I just remember, like, I I always saw the box art and I was fascinated, like, that um, Halloween box art and um, the Friday the 13th box art in particular. And then I just remember one day going in once with my folks, I couldn't have been more than, like, three or four, like, barely cognizant of the world. And I, like, looked up and I saw Michael Myers' beautiful face and it was, like you know, that scene in Wayne's World when Wayne sees Cassandra for the first time?
4: <laughs> and it was just...
3: Dreamweaver started playing in the background. I was like, oh... Hmm. It just altered my brain chemistry, so here we are. <laughs> yeah. It goes back years.
0: So you said you... So, you oh, so this this started, like, at a young age, but do you remember watching these movies, or have are they movies that you have always seen, if that makes sense? Were they movies you saw so young that you don't have any memory of seeing them for the first time? Or did you, at some stage, sit down and watch them all?
3: Um, I think I... I think Halloween one and two especially kind of blurred into one for me because obviously they are as we're going to get into they they're quite sure you know linked linked and then like I know um that should be uh, uh talking about uh Season of the Witch and I just remember like not even understanding where Season of the Witch came from but I didn't care. I knew Michael wasn't in it but I didn't care. I was just sold. I was just happy to be there. <laughs> I was just happy. <laughs> So then it was it was kind of cool as I got older then and, you know, like, you know when you tell someone like, oh, I've seen that movie, yeah, 100% I've seen it. Then when you go back and you're like, Jesus, did I actually see it at all? Like, I don't remember this. <laughs> and it's a whole different perspective. So the first time, like, I would have seen them, I, I remember just thinking they were the coolest ever. And I wanted, like, Child Michael's little clown costume which my folks were like absolutely <laughs> fucking not <laughs> you scary child <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah the knife is mandatory it's an essential yeah. part of the costume yeah oh, keep yeah. that
1: weird shit to yourself
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally yeah. like i don't i know And um, i since we're a podcast people can't see but like all on my back shelf i have my big spooky collection of living dead dolls nice um one of the first ones i got was um no uh, one of the first ones I got was a Jason one, which my mom thought was like absolutely horrific. But then for my birthday or Christmas last year, she really unwillingly bought me the Michael one. But his hair is really buffant, And she's like, he's kind of cute. So I resent how cute he is. But I also hate this. And I hate that I have to get this for you. And I was like, thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah, thank you. Conversion is complete. <laughs> my my poor mother was sent in to Terror Records to get me a copy of House of a Thousand Corpses amazing and she went up to the desk and she said to your man hello yes um i'm looking for a movie for my daughter do you have house of a thousand corpses oh my god (laughs) house of a thousand corpses is my first date movie nice would you believe yeah
3: and your man kept it's a fun movie it's a great movie your man kept trying to uh, put his arm around my shoulder and i kept going shut up i'm watching a movie i can't concentrate
2: (laughs) that's so me i would have been like hey i'm busy i will will break your
3: arm get off me (laughs)
1: listeners can tweet their own story of debasing their parents
0: (laughs) i do remember yeah taking my dad to see hannibal that was the thing because like, yeah. their thing was as long as he'd read the book, they wanted to encourage book reading. So I read the book of Hannibal. So they were like, "Sure, the movie will be <laughs> yeah. great." The famous story is like American Psycho, young right?
1: Darren yeah. re- reading about like lots of sex and
0: nudity yeah. in um... American Psycho. Like too young to understand that American Psycho was satire. Aww. and just being like amazing. Yeah. yeah, so that 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 scarred me because my parents were like, "Look." He's reading. It's good. We should be encouraging reading. It's a grown-up book. So at like the age of what, eight, nine, ten, I was like reading American Psycho with these ATMs that like feed me stray cats. And I was like, (laughs) I don't understand that this is satire. There's
1: always more sex in a novelization.
3: (laughs) I remember the first time uh, I read American Psycho, my friend, uh, who's like, you know, one of those, everyone has that like cool friend that's like, their parents allow them smoke and they're allowed to do this and they're allowed to do all the cool stuff. And like, if you could take a list of like alternative kind of S- Pseudo goth girl in like the late twenty tens. This girl would have been it. Like, and she gave me her copy of American Psycho, and the first thing she said was, "Now any chapter you come across, that says, girls, skip it." So oh. obviously, I skipped two those chapters and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, trauma. <laughs>
1: If you don't know who your cool
0: friend is, it's you. <laughs> you are probably that cool friend. It's, it's you, it's yeah.
1: it's
0: you. <laughs> so, Billy. When we were, um, when I was pitching this series, when I was putting together like the series, I put together kind of like the A team of people who have talked about horror movies on this podcast, and I reached out to you and I said, "Here's, you know, we're talking about the Halloween franchise." Pick a movie to talk about. What would you love to talk about? And I believe you said, I'd love to talk about either of the Rob Zombie movies. And I said, sorry, those were the first to go. But then after that. Which I was that,
2: so surprised at, but delighted. <laughs> I was
0: too. Shocking. And so was Andrew, who has literally only seen one Rob Zombie Halloween movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but you you then said Halloween 2. So was there a reason why Halloween 2 kind of jumped out to you of the, the options presented?
3: Well, the minute you said that the Rob Zombies were gone, then I assumed that Season of the Witch was gone. So I said I won't even hurt myself by asking, but I don't know. Like I think Halloween Two is um, it's such a f- fascinating movie, and even when I was because I, I rewatched it last week, and then I rewatched it, kind of like I'm gonna get myself in trouble now because I was working, but I was I had it on the background, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had it on the background just for like ambient kind of picky picky the info, and it's just like it's nearly like a movie that didn't need to be made. In a lot of ways, because it kind of rethreads so much kind of ground, and so much of it's so unnecessary. But then it also has um, one of the biggest kind of reveals, I suppose, in the Halloween franchise yes. that I absolutely loved, and I totally resented that they retconned Ooh. with the newer movies. So hmm. I just thought, um, and that's, that's controversial. Yeah, yeah
0: that's I know. Make a, an interesting spoiler take. zone, I suspect. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, all right then. Sorry, Billy. I cut you off there. I think.
3: No, no, no. It's all good. I'm just, gotcha. I'm just <laughs> thinking and amusing over <laughs> the the majesty uh, of Halloween two.
0: But yes, so just a little bit of background production context on this movie. By
1: all the these- way, my uh, my example, I think I've went over on the podcast before,
0: was the aristocrats huh, of, of the <laughs> making your parents endure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> making my entire family. I love,
0: not Injo- just
1: your parents. Enjoy That's a movie so mostly about. mostly about incest.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right then. Um, so, b- background context on Halloween two, the movie we are ostensibly talking about today. Um, But yes, so basically Halloween is released in 1978. It is, as we discussed last week or on Saturday, it was a phenomenon. It was a massive commercial success. It garnered surprisingly positive reviews, particularly from defenders like Roger Ebert. And so naturally, the immediate response was, how can we monetize this even further? And obviously, we've mentioned before, the key figures here are like producer. Turn those thumbs up into dollar sign. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Convert them, basically. Um but basically the idea was you had the producer Erwin Yablins, who basically signed a deal or talked to Carpenter immediately afterwards and was like, Look, what do you want to do next? And Carpenter's like, I would like to make the fog. And he's like, How would you like to make Halloween too? And Carpenter's like, I would really like to make the fog. Yeah. And Yablins is like, Yeah, but what about Halloween two? So and apparently I love always that <laughs> I gen- genuinely do. I
1: like the idea that it's like so there is a meeting, there were some guys in suits, <laughs> and it's always like, I, you're probably curious about how this movie came to be. There were some guys in suits at a meeting, and this is pretty much what they said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but basically, apparently, they struck they struck a handshake deal to say, okay, Yablins will produce the fog, and in return, Carpenter will come back, and he will do Halloween too. However, they don't sign a deal on this and apparently producer Robert Rem, uh, us, through conversation with Yablins, who is boasting about this hot deal that he's just done with Carpenter, Rem actually goes to Carpenter, how would you like more money to make The Fog in Halloween too? Um, at which point Yablins like, hey! Don't know Z and on my producing deal, embroils the set of them in a massive lawsuit, which is deeply, deeply, deeply unpleasant for everybody involved. It's part of the reason why this movie takes three years to materialize. What basically happens coming out the back end is that Carpenter agrees to produce and write Halloween 2, but he will not direct it because he is busy at this point directing Escape from New York. So he will instead pick a director write a script and produce the movie
1: yeah the, the, the money that they were the extra money they were going to pay him has now gone to lawyers <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, But I mean there, there is the yeah there is the kind of great example of like Deborah Hill and John Carpenter decreed that Yablins was banned from the set of Halloween 2 uh, meanwhile Yablins is like I don't understand why Carpenter got so upset I made him famous <laughs> why, does, why is he getting so resentful about this I'm just trying to help keep him famous um, which is classic Hollywood producer talk But basically, Carpenter and Hill, as we talked about, they felt that they had said everything that they wanted to say about Michael Myers. They had done everything that they wanted to do. Carpenter turned down the opportunity to direct because he didn't want to get stuck in the genre. Deborah Hill was offered a chance to direct and, in fact, wanted to direct. Yep, she wanted to direct a movie at some point. So Yablins was like, hey, how about you direct? And that way, then we have a nice pairing. The two of you, one directed each. And she was (laughs) like, Plus, so if you do a second movie, like, where does it end?
1: <laughs>
0: where, do, where does it end? <laughs> where does it end? <laughs> um, Thirteen movies later, Andrew, is the question. But Hale, Hale apparently makes the very smart decision of saying she doesn't want the first movie that she directs to be a sequel mm. to a movie directed by, at the time, her ex-boyfriend. Um, so basically, they shop around. Now, famously, Carpenter writes this, by his own estimation, like, over the course of a really long evening with a six pack of budweiser. Um and apparently like but there, we'll include this in the show notes. Budweiser celebrated the movie's 40th anniversary by reproducing that iconic sequence uh for an advertisement celebrating their involvement in the creation of Halloween 2. Cool. Yeah. You can actually watch a dramatization of John Carpenter losing his mind staring at a blank page in a typewriter before realizing there's a six pack of bud nearby. Yeah. <laughs> it's like How cool. We
1: thought ta- <laughs> Yeah. We taught our slapdash beer.
0: <laughs>
1: would Go best with the, sorry. <laughs>
0: with the slapdash taste of Halloween too. Um, so he comes up with, like, he's he's hammering away at this thing. He says himself, he came up with the big twist, which we're not going to talk about until we get into the Spore Zone, at 2am in the morning into his second six pack and was like, okay, this seems like the most logical way for this story to go. Um, at when the, you can't think of anything better. <laughs> Budweiser. Um, Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> he, he very, apparently Michael Myers' first words were supposed to be Budweiser. <laughs> uh, but apparently, so famously they passed the script around. There's rumors that they tried to get I hope David. we don't get our Budweiser sponsorship, sponsorship provoked. <laughs> they, they did try to get David Lynch to direct this. What? Which is one of those great missed up oper- Yep. This was a couple of years before Lucas would try and court him for Return of the Jedi as well is incredible
1: wow and is it a de Laurentiis, yes uh, film so like um like the dune. guy dune yeah
0: yeah yeah so that was the angle there basically was the producer dino de Laurentis. but basically um trust me dune, <laughs> <laughs> dune
1: is your your crowning achievement yeah <laughs> um,
0: uh, no well he, he sorry it, dune it was later. yet to yeah, yeah he yeah, would yeah. he was li- yet to do dune uh, obviously he was like you know I if mean, you I'd do have, this one I'll let you do Dune. Yeah. Um, I mean, take I pass, your ass
1: to Red Lobster. I pass on,
0: pass on Halloween 2 because the script didn't seem like it was particularly coherent, but Dune, Dune on the other <laughs> hand, is a masterpiece. But basically, apparently Carpenter wants um, Tommy Lee Wallace to direct it. Tommy Lee Wallace is a longtime collaborator D- of, Car- of Carpenter. Halloween 2
1: and Dune are probably like in terms of.
0: Um, it's probably the opposite problem.
1: <laughs> it's it's like, well, this this thing is is a whole like world. There is far too much in this, and this thing <laughs> looks like it was it was, it was a, 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 uh, a cynical catchphrase. Budweiser. Kind of. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I yep. should, no no. I'm I'm being I'm being harsh. Um, um, just it's just when you said that, I had had that thought while watching the movie.
0: Yeah, this does feel like a six pack movie
1: in spite of the fact that it took three years, yeah. <laughs> it seems to have also... Been... Sorry.
0: It, um. it feels like it was cranked out over the course of a single evening, but somehow took six, three years to materialize. But they asked Tommy Lee Wallace, who is like Carpenter's editor, he's the guy who edited Halloween, for example, to come on and direct it. And like, there's a wonderful quote from Wallace, uh, who, by the way, would go on to direct Halloween 3 season of The Witch. And Wallace's quote is... When the Halloween 2 script came in, I thought it was dot dot dot. The anti-Halloween. All the things that Halloween did so well, dot dot dot, had been tossed out the window. I understood in the intervening time between the first movie and what was going to be the second movie, the times had changed, audiences had changed, and maybe the dynamics of the movie and the amount of violence might be impacted by that. I felt that John was betraying his own legacy. I held my breath and I said, no, a director really needs to believe deeply in the material. So he turned down like the opportunity to direct this because he did not care for the script.
1: Well, like, in a sense, like his criticism of it kind of is you could level at most sequels. Yeah. The thing that sequels end up doing so like aliens is you know for, no 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 I'm sorry I, I I people love aliens okay, okay. I, I, it's just an example of like go big
0: yeah I but I right? know but I would draw a line between I read the script for Halloween too and I thought it was a betrayal of everything in Halloween versus I read the script for Aliens and it had a fresh angle.
1: Yeah, like like aliens is a very different movie. Yes, but they, it is, it they, they um And if you were a real, um, uh, if you journalist. loved Alien and didn't care for Aliens, uh, that would be your kind of criticism. And that's kind of how I feel about Aliens. But anyway, they, but they, 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 I feel like you're kind of with a, with 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 a sequel. You very often have to kind of. Uh, make that choice or feel like that's a valid choice to make. Yeah. It's like, have more gremlins. Yeah. Have <laughs> a girl gremlin. <laughs>
0: have, the, have Hulk Hogan show up.
1: Girl <laughs>
3: yeah. gremlin is my spirit animal, Andrew. Me
1: and yes. too.
0: Oh <laughs> my. Lady gremlin. No, I,
2: Leave Greta alone. Her name is Greta I
1: will not I will not leave her alone <laughs>
2: I have her on <laughs> the TV She is oh. so hot <laughs> Yes <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay. okay.
0: <laughs> I honestly didn't have the 250 cancelled over hot gremlin text It's my <laughs> only hall pass Sorry <laughs> <laughs> We had that conversation myself and Petrina um, I like the idea of like showing up with like just a card And she's like what's on the card and you just put it down and it's sexy gremlin she's like I could safely say I was not expecting that um, but okay,
3: Spe- the unexpected. It was yet yeah, well played. A
1: good it's gamble. More, more gettable than Miss Piggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: Okay. Sorry. Um, oh. <laughs> so they turn to Rob Rosenthal, and Rob Rosenthal. Um, at this stage, he's directed a short film. Uh, he's you know, he's coming up. He's he's a Harvard graduate uh he's you know he feels he talks about like coming onto the film and feeling like he inherited a production from somebody else like obviously you have a large number of the creative talent carrying over who had worked with carpenter you have obviously jamie lee curtis and donald Pleasence as stars of the movie and we'll talk about um we'll talk about those in a moment as well but you had like director photography dean cundy kind Mm. of stayed on as well you had a lot of the casting that like had been done before rosenthal came on and so like Rosenthal has kind of talked about how the only thing that he could do was cast the hospital staff in the movie. So he cast like his old acting school peers like Laura Gifford, for example, and Alicia and Leo Rossi um, in the roles. But he said basically that he felt like he was an outsider coming into somebody's party. And like Carpenter... um, Carpenter, I think we talked about this, is not a man who suffers fools gladly. It's probably the best way to phrase he it. He keeps it real. Yeah. he He does. He keeps it... Some might even say too real in some ways. <laughs> when things. keeping it real goes bad. Yeah
2: like like Rob Zombie aggressively real
0: <laughs> but he he said basically like he, he let Rosenthal go off and film the movie and he said I gave him complete freedom he had much bigger budget than I had he could do whatever he wanted and all I wanted to do was just come in at the end and rubber stamp it and approve it and say this is a good movie well done let's all go cash our checks um, here's an interview no one just can sh-
1: say it's not a movie <laughs>
0: Here is a short excerpt from, like, Carpenter being interviewed by Twilight Zone magazine before the release of The Thing the following year. So this is fresh. This isn't even in hindsight. This is in real time, Carpenter, talking about Halloween 2. Since Halloween, you've been blamed for all the Stark and Slash imitations that followed. Carpenter says, yes, and I don't think it's fair to blame me. Twilight Zone asks, how much influence did you exert over Halloween 2? That's a long, long story. That was a project I got involved in as a result of several different kinds of pressure. I had no influence over the direction of the film. I had an influence in post-production. I saw a rough cut of Halloween 2, and it wasn't scary. It was about as scary as a Quincy. So we had to do some post-production to bring it up at least par with the competition. As a Quincy? Yeah, Quincy, medical examiner. Okay. It okay. was like, yep, this is exactly as scary as the thing your grandmother watches like, at 4 feet. are you
1: taking a shot at, like, uh, Quincy Jones? <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's some genuinely harrowing episodes
0: of um, uh, The Fresh Brains. <laughs>
3: Just such a <Sorry>. random beef. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Twilight Zone. So then you did reshoot scenes. Carpenter. And the note here is pauses and sighs. There was some additional shooting done, primarily in the nature of connecting material, Plus, they were under a whole lot of time pressure. But so was I with the original, and I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for them. Twilight Zone, you didn't choose Rick Rosenthal to direct. Carpenter, yes, I did. I chose him. He did a terrific short called Toyer. It was full of suspense and tension and terrific performances. He's making another movie now, so his career is on the way. Many of those who championed Halloween found the sequel odious, and his response to that is, it got some bad reviews, and it was exploitative. So Carpenter, like, came in, and reshot several sequences in this movie, which I'm sure we'll talk about in the spoiler zone. But Rosenthal has talked about how he felt like betrayed. He feels like this isn't his movie. Mm. And normally I have a great deal of sympathy for directors in this position. Again, the kind of the Zack Snyder thing where it's like, you're making a movie, you should get to make the movie that you want to make. You should have the freedom to do that. And somebody coming in and telling you how to do it after they've hired you is kind of stepping on your toes. There are two Things I would say here just myself. The first of which is if John Carpenter tells you you've made a bad Halloween movie, you have probably made a bad Halloween movie. Just I, I would defer to Carpenter on that.
1: Mm. Well, he's not really saying that. Um, is, he, is he? Like he, he's saying,
0: he's saying no, it's he's, a bad movie. Point it's blind.
1: a bad movie, but he's also saying he is good.
0: Yes. yes. Which, are, which, yeah. which is fair, Like, to be fair, I think that's a very dignified way of doing it. A, and he does, every time he tells a story, he pauses saying, and says his career is may, going on and he's fine. Exactly.
1: He was it's, disappointed. It's, it's, not a, it's, not, it's not a good movie, in my opinion, but it's not his fault. Yeah. So there are other reasons and it's a long story yeah. for why that is the
0: case. Yes. And the other mitigating factor I would have is that Rosenthal went on to direct uh, Halloween Resurrection oh. without Carpenter Here. overseeing him. Yeah, Urgh. and so I'm like, I feel like we know what a Rosenthal Urgh. movie looks like, and uh, well, if history doesn't repeat, it at least Buster rhymes, I guess. Yes. Um, <laughs> so.
1: hey, who knows? Maybe my favorite Halloween. <laughs> yeah,
0: you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, uh i think that's the obvious kind of conclusion (laughs) of this yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) you come at the end and you're like wait that's the masterpiece people should listen to that episode last (laughs) (laughs) save it save it (laughs) Um, all right then so three questions before we jump into this more zone before we start talking about the movie uh in a bit more depth first of all so joey Do you think Halloween 2 belongs on a list of the 250 greatest movies ever made?
2: I'm actually shocked to hear all this negativity because I think it's great. And I thought it was, I mean, I rewatched it on Monday. I haven't watched it in years. I think it's great. I don't know if it's one of the 250 best movies, but I would say for me personally, it's definitely one of the 250 best sequels ever made. Not just horror, but sequels. But I mean, especially horror. I just, I don't get it. I think, I agree with Billy that I think it's kind of inextricably linked with Halloween and maybe that's what put people off. They had to wait a while to see it and then they were kind of done with it. Maybe if you watch it back to back with Halloween, it can be enjoyed as, you know, like a full package. Sure. But yeah, I think, I don't, I think it's great. I do. I think it's genuinely great. It's messy, but it's great. And if you think about it, it had a knock on effect as well. Like the stuff that Randy talks about in Scream, when, Scream 2 when he's talking about sequels and he says death scenes have to be much more elaborate, blah, 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 whatever. A lot of that is referring to Halloween 2. Oh, yeah. So, hmm. yeah. 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 It had a knock on effect.
0: I, I think it is a hugely influential movie. It is. Think, like, even within the Halloween franchise, Halloween keeps trying to remake Halloween 2. Yes. Not just in the sense that you have, like, Halloween 2, Rob Zombie's Halloween <laughs> 2. And, like, David Gordon Green's Halloween, which is technically also a Halloween, too, despite being called Halloween. Uh, But I do think that, like, the the premise of the movie, the idea of the lead character being in hospital, for example, Mm. key sequences involving, you know, like, I mean, the protesters, the, the, the idea of the town going mad, vigilante violence, all these themes keep circling back. And obviously, the twist that we've alluded to, which I'm fairly sure everybody listening to this podcast already knows, but we're not going to mention, that twist is central to the halloween lore and it, it becomes is. something that all of the other movies even the ones that abandon that twist have to explicitly acknowledge like even when you're disregarding it you have to admit that it's there um it becomes such a core part of what halloween is and i think that like even outside of the halloween franchise you see a lot of sequels that remind me of Halloween 2. I'm thinking specifically of, say, the final act of Scream 4. Yes. Where Neve Campbell goes to the hospital and you have, is it Emma Roberts yeah. attacking her there? And that is very obviously riffing Absolutely. on, say, Halloween 2. which is the And she actually, movie.
2: she even says to her, why won't you die? Who are you, Michael fucking Myers?
0: <laughs> um, because...
1: Could you, like, stretch that to stuff like Cult of Chucky? Or? Yeah. Yes,
2: absolutely.
0: Yeah, to, to the idea of setting in a hospital as well, yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely yeah. you could. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, hell, you even have, say, is it like Dream Warriors? Is that yeah. an institution? Very similar as well. Same sort of vibes. And again, the idea of bringing back the lead character, which wasn't something you always did in these horror franchises or horror sequels as well. Bring back the final girl was also something that kind of, because obviously um, Heather Lancamp skips Freddy 2 but comes back for Freddy 3. Mm-hmm. Um, as well um but what about yourself billy do you think this is one of the 250 greatest movies ever made
3: um 250 in general i would say no because um i'm i've mentioned it before on the podcast i'm a big weirdo and i thought i like i it takes a lot for me to like hate a movie so i have a lot of movies that i like i really adore and i i do i love halloween too but because unfortunately that like scope is so wide <laughs> that I I have to kind of be kind of zero love with these kind of things sometimes but I do very much agree with what Joey was saying that it's definitely one of the better sequels and that point of I think if you watch Halloween and Halloween 2 back to back it makes like a fab double bill when it just kind of runs in on top of each other it works really really well but I think if you kind of watch it standalone or if you haven't seen it in a while It can nearly, to me, it can nearly come across like a filler episode of like, you know, like the X-Files or something like Monster of the Week-esque type deal. Mm. Um, Now, it's still very good. It's still very entertaining, but I think it's definitely stronger together. Um, But, so my answer is yes and no. (laughs) We.
0: We, we should note by the way that this is around the time now we talked about this we covered the Jaws franchise on the podcast last year this was around the time Hollywood was beginning to get a bit more comfortable with sequels I think Francis Ford Coppola when he made The Godfather Part 2 boasted he was the first man to put a 2 in a movie title <laughs> and what a legacy that is <laughs> but obviously obviously like the year that the original Halloween was released that was 1978 that uh, was
1: the that was before 2001 a space out. <laughs> oh
2: yeah so, technically well- <laughs> <laughs>
0: You are technically correct, Andrew. The best kind of correct. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I also think that Coppola is just wrong. I just think he likes to say it. <laughs> but um, I, it is worth noting that like the year that Halloween came out, you had Jaws 2, you had The Omen 2. In 1977, you had The Exorcist 2, The Heretic. You had Hollywood was beginning to get more comfortable with sequels. And I think we will talk maybe a little bit about the evolution of the slasher genre later on, because I have a massive list. Um, because of course I do. This is a podcast about lists.
1: They don't tend to do it now, and I suspect it's it's generally um, to get away from paying somebody.
0: <laughs> this is like the Fast and Furious too. Yeah,
1: kind of yeah, but I I I think like yeah, like none of the Fast and the Furious movies have. Um, like it's not like Fast and the Furious Fast and the Furious 2 Fast and it's furious Too furious. Fast Too Furious it's Tokyo Drift Tokyo it's Drift.
0: The Fast and the Furious it's Fast 5 it's Fast and Furious 6 Furious 7 Fate of the Furious F9 The Fast Saga Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw Hobbs and Shaw and, I- <laughs> and then Fast X um,
3: I think the film industry can be boiled down to like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon but it's Roger Corman
0: yeah yeah. So
1: like there's uh, like so many people just not getting paid, you know, <laughs> paid or compensated for... in any way, shape, Yeah, or... <laughs> is it was it I, I've heard that it's Richard Corman Corbin, is yeah. the guy that they're avoiding paying. Roger Corman. Roger Corman. Roger Corman. Not Richard. I thought
2: that, I thought it was his brother or something. I was, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like Richard Corman. Maybe it's Coppola. Maybe it's because he's like I came, I came up with the two, so everyone has to pay me. But
0: Coppola was like an acolyte of Corman. He did learn filmmaking from Corman, there so it go. all Makes sense, it all ties <laughs> back in together. <laughs> Everything intersects Not a the tangent. Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> <laughs> but like to and I think you're you're right about like the sequelness of it like the fact that this is a sequel that picks up literally seconds before the end of the last movie which is quite impressive but like the fact that so many of the early sequels did that I'm thinking of movies like say Rocky 2 does it Rocky 4 does it Rocky 5 does it Star Trek 3 The Search for Spock does it Porky's 2 does it to mention a classic off the top of my head like there's this like particularly in the 1980s when Hollywood is still figuring out sequels There's a real sense of, well, what if we just pick up immediately after the end of the previous movie? What if there is no gap? Which is very, as you mentioned, kind of disconcerting when you're watching it three years later Mm. um, or watching it as its own thing. I feel
1: like, uh, like every answer is like, hey, it's the 80s. (laughs)
3: We're all coked off our (laughs) uh, uh, (laughs)
1: heads. Yeah, yeah, pass the coke, please. (laughs) Nobody's ever going to reference this on a podcast. (laughs) What is a podcast? (laughs) 42 years. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Gap. That is very fair. So, Andrew, what about yourself? Do you think this belongs on a list of the 250 greatest movies ever made?
1: like like I don't but but I I do feel I do agree with Joey that we we've probably giving the impression that the movie is worse than it is It's, it I think it is um what it, I, Andrew, even now I'm thinking uh, like the it feels like the next words out of my mouth. <laughs> like that, I was compliment. about to say it's good for a sequel. <laughs> like that, that that, yeah, that.
0: You didn't like Child's Play too?
1: <laughs> you not really. No, no. I I, I think I like I'm, something I'm about Billy the. Here, yeah. I like the modest simplicity of these like original movies, and and I think when when. Like I like a I like a standalone movie that heightens things to the point where it's like, what is this the sequel to? Like like, <laughs> like things like that T- people hate, <laughs> like toys. <laughs> 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 You know, like 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 it feels like that's a sequel to a movie where Robin Williams is in it and he's like, I come from a place where it's all toys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I, I I have four or five toys here. And, and so this in the is sequel the movie. we're going to <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, no, those movies that you watch, you're like there has to be some sort of foundation for this, right? There has yeah. to be some point where like you're coming in with a level of knowledge.
1: Yeah. But but yeah, no, I, I, I do. Like the the. there is there's always just something a little crass about these sorry i shouldn't say always but there is frequently something a little crass about these and and i suppose like it, it's a weird thing though because you you can it's not just that the that they change the director because you can say that that is for the good in um Sequels like Empire Strikes Back
0: or Aliens. I know you don't like Aliens, but Alien, like the Alien franchise, when it moves through directors, they each have a distinct take. Yeah,
1: and no, no no my Aliens is <laughs> the, always is,
3: the nerves is, in your voice is just absolutely palpable. <laughs> palpable. As in
1: my Alien movies, is <laughs> is like uh, Ridley Scott, <laughs> um, David Finch, <laughs> Ridley Scott, Ridley Scott. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that guy, that that. Yeah, that that guy who did
0: (laughs) Terminator, the Terminator, but none of those other movies. No, Um, no. (laughs) he was not a James Cameron fan, in case listeners have not picked up on that over the past. I don't hate
1: Cameron, I just don't like Like warm to his movies. Yeah, I don't like him either. Yeah, I mean, he looks great. he what? like he, he's a man <laughs> in his seventies, but he's in so fa- he, fantastic he, so
2: fan- shape. You fancy him. You just don't are like you? his movies. Yeah, you ask him <laughs> much. What, just, I
0: like that. It's like the, to, that was that was the I'm, second I'm, card I'm that he played him. at the table on that wedding night. It's like female gremlin <laughs> and James Cameron. James
4: Cameron. <laughs> Jim.
3: <laughs> Jim,
0: big Jim Cameron, like yeah, Jim boy. <laughs>
3: um, Andrew, are you like negging? Yeah,
1: James Cameron.
0: Thing, I think that's, that's what heinous. I am. Oh my God. Yeah, that's, that's. he's waiting for that one-way ticket to get invited to New Zealand to be part of the world of Pandora. He's like, <laughs> like me. <laughs> yeah, if anybody's insecure, <laughs> it's James Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for my... It's like, t-
1: Andrew, did you know that I could have saved... Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. But, okay. you're okay.
2: on fire tonight I don't know what's going on okay. <laughs> this is what
0: happens when we do more than one episode a week sorry
2: um, but- Andrew's just lost all sense of social decency <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like,
0: it took you a couple of episodes of the Chucky series to reach this point so I'm now desperately worried about what happens by the time we hit movie 12 or 13 but what I will say is that for, for myself I think No, I think this movie is fine. I think Mm. it's better than a lot of these slasher sequels tend to be. Mm. I think I I disagree. I am not on Team Billy with the reveal and the twist and what it does. I think that is something that fundamentally breaks the movie franchise. Mm. Uh, I don't know what else it could have done, though. Um, I am happy that Carpenter got paid for this. I am happy that, like apparently, Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis got paid more for shooting scenes for the TV cut of Halloween while they were shooting this than they did for actually shooting the original Halloween movie. Uh, I'm very glad that everybody involved got paid. I think it is basically competent. I think it is better than many of the movies that follow it. Mm. But I, uh, I, I'm not a not a huge fan of it. I think, oddly enough, I think it, I think it looks. It looks appreciably worse than the first one. I know part of that is just Cameron's not the one. Sorry, Carpenter. Damn it, Andrew, you've inceptioned me. <laughs> the Carpenter is not the one <laughs> shooting this. By the way, James Cameron worked on um, Escape from New York. He helped do the special effects sequence with the with the buildings. Yeah, you know, oh, the bit wow. where the plane's gliding because they couldn't render that. Imagine
3: difference. being that talented. <laughs> it just it annoys me. Imagine being able to turn your hand at anything and being really, really good. Like, oh I'm just casually gonna go down to the Titanic, oh, I'm just gonna casually make the Terminator. Oh, do you need help with map paintings? I can do that as well. <laughs> Fuck
2: off. <laughs> Stupid men. If a woman was given a chance, she could Patriarchy. do
1: she it. She could do it all. There there's a few examples like that. Is it like did I think I was hearing that it was David Fincher, except he was like Dave Fincher on um, was this return the
0: jedi and our, some other lucasfilm oh uh, temple of doom
1: temple of doom yeah i knew it was an indiana jones one yeah yeah,
0: yeah no, no okay but again it also helps when you grow up in la and are part of these communities and tend to be absorbed and have this artistic interest like again it's it's cameron emerged from that kind of roger corman-esque school of doing it himself
1: sorry i'm just taking a whole load of stuff now from blank check he <laughs> uh, lived, lived lived on the same street as george lucas he he did yes
0: yes he did i love when you do research Andrew. <laughs> not for the subject of this podcast just in general um but okay so to the point that i was making if we can circle back to that i think that yeah i think i think this is As far as slasher sequels go, this is a good one. Given the direction that the genre is going, given the direction that the franchise is going, I think this is fairly decent. Um, This sits squarely in the middle of my rankings of the Halloween franchise. I haven't, I can't quite bring myself around to the it is a misunderstood masterpiece of a movie argument that some people seem to make, in that I think... It has a number of very serious problems, most of which come from being written over the course of a single night in a six pack of Budweiser. There's
1: also like reasons I think why I don't particularly want to defend it. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. We, we'll we'll get into it. it. Is a it's it's a much more lurid movie, I think. It's a much yeah. more it, it lacks the polish of, and again, it, it's it's. We're comparing this to Carpenter's Halloween, which is a masterpiece. It, it is feels a perfect very movie.
1: understated and sophisticated. Yes, and...
0: whereas this is like boobs. You like boobs and violence and blood, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I I also like I do.
1: I, yeah, you're not
4: wrong. But I don't
0: like being exploited, <laughs> but I don't like to feel like no, don't take <laughs> them away. <laughs> oh, thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Sorry. But.
3: But yeah, it, it, even just on your point, Darren, about it being lurid, I even noticed when I was watching it again um, today, like even like the the blood used in it is almost like kind of Jallo-esque. It's like, it's so obviously fake yes, because it's like yes. Coca-Cola bottle or should we say Budweiser red? <laughs> Coca-Cola bottle red. It's just it's so in your face. And It's actually really funny because one of my clients in work is actually Budweiser. So every time it's mentioned, I'm like. <laughs> hmm. i'm gonna pitch this as a new campaign bring it back to halloween they're gonna be like shut up no. <laughs> but yeah it's it's super it's super lurid and it's super in your face and like it's like a yeah it's super gaudy whereas like you're saying that the, the nuance of halloween the first one is just like it's miles miles uh apart
1: yeah, the first the first one has that crisp, refreshing taste of. <laughs> Budweiser. <laughs>
0: what does the second one taste like, Andrew? Heineken, like the <laughs> like the leading competitive brand. Yes. Fuck Heineken. Pabst Blue I'm Ribbon. I'm sober. I'm
1: sorry.
0: <laughs> but but uh, okay. <laughs> because this is because this is a podcast about the IMDB two fifty, we like lists. We're not talking about the IMP two fifty for the next couple of weeks, so I have to get that list thing out of my system. I compiled a list of Almost every slasher released in American theaters between 1978 and 1981, so over the course of three years, in the wake of Halloween, in the wake of the success of Halloween, a movie that no major studio would distribute because they couldn't imagine it making any money whatsoever, and then it made all the money, basically Hollywood went slasher mad. So you have... Tourist Trap, which releases March 14th, 1979. You have Alien, which releases in May 25th, 1979, earning $185 million on an $11 million budget. You have The Driller Killer, releasing June 15th, 1979. When a Stranger Calls, released September 28th, 1979, earning $25 million on a $1.5 million budget. You have The Silent Scream, released November 1979, earning $7.9 million. You have The Hollywood Strangler meets the Skid Row Slasher, released in 19 I can't even find an exact date for the release of that movie. You have Windows, directed by Gordon Willis, the cinematographer of The Godfather, releasing January 1980, earning $2.1 million. You have Cruising, Releasing February 1980, directed by William Friedkin, starring Al Pacino, earning $19 million on an $11 million budget. You have Don't Answer the Phone, releasing February 1980, starring Carol Kane, release, uh, earning $2 million. You have Don't Go in the House, releasing March 28, 1980, earning $2.95 million on a $250,000 budget. You have The Big One. This is Friday the 13th, releases May 9th, 1980, earning $59.8 million on a half-million dollar Budget. A couple months later, in July, you have Dress to Kill. That's Brian De Palma, earning $31.9 million on a $6.5 million budget. You have Anthropophagus, releasing August 1980. Got it in one. (laughs) No retakes on this podcast. He Knows You're Alone, which stars a young Tom Hanks, releases Mm -hmm. August 29th, 1980, earning $4.9 million on a $250,000 budget. You have John Huston makes a slasher movie, phobia releasing September 9th 1980 earning a grand total of $59,000 on a 6.5 million dollar budget so that was a bit of a swing and a miss on that one. he
1: got the numbers wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he is like so I did what you asked me to do it's like no, the other way around.
0: So high budget, <laughs> low box office. Yeah. <laughs> um, We decided for the sequel. (laughs) (laughs) Invert the premise. Yeah, You have Nightmares releasing the 30th of October, 1980. You have New Year's Evil, which released December 19th, 1980. You have Maniac releasing January 30th, 1981. Can you name six more,
1: Darren? (laughs) That is the question. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I believe I can, Andrew. Because I can see the list. I can see the... It's like page five of the list. Maniac. You get past the point of boredom <laughs>
0: and, <laughs> um, and enter some and, sort of zen. And back state. into interest. Yeah. yeah. Um, but okay, fine. But sorry. No, no, no. You can keep going. Kicks into high gear. Nineteen eighty-one, which is the year that this movie releases. You have like at least one a month. You have several releasing on the same day. So you have Maniac releasing on thirtieth of January, nineteen eighty-one, grossing four point five million dollars on a three hundred fifty thousand dollar budget. You have My Bloody Valentine. Uh, releasing on the 11th of February, just in time for Valentine's Day, grossing $5.7 million on $2.3 million. You have Final Exam! On February 27th, 1981, $1.3 million on a $365,000 budget. You have Tobe Hooper's Fun House, releasing March 13th, 1981, grossing $7.8 million on a $3 million budget. You have Eyes of a Stranger, two weeks later, March 27th, $1.1 million on $800,000. Germany gets it on the act with Bloody Moon, releasing March 27th the same day. Cries in the Night, releases April 24th, grossing one point three million million, four days later, Later, not even waiting for the weekend, you have Bloody Birthday. Then you have the big one. You have Friday the 13th Part 2, the first of the sequels, a slasher sequel, a game changer, releasing May the 1st, 1981, $21.7 million on a $1.25 million budget. The same day, you have Graduation Day, earning 25 point, sorry, $23.9 million on a $250,000 budget. You have Burning, out just one week later, that's May 8th, grossing $707,000 on a $1.5 million budget. We're getting a sense that these things are reaching the point of diminishing returns. A week after that, you have Michael Bine in the fan, which earns a grand total of $3.1 million on a $9 million budget. Then, that same day, reaching market saturation, May 15th, 1981, you have Happy Birthday to Me, which grosses $10.6 million on a $3.5 million budget. Then you jump forward to June, you have The Unseen, you have Prowler, in August you have Hell Night, in August you have Deadly Blessing, directed by Wes Craven, starring Sharon Stone, grossing $8.5 million on a $3 million budget, and then you have Night School, releasing September 11th, 1981, on a $1.6 million budget, as our $1.2 million budget, returning $1.6 million at the box office.
1: And all together, how much have you made?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is the grand total? Uh, there, there will be a quiz afterwards, but that is to get... I just wanted to create a sense of how saturated the market was in the wait between, like, Halloween and Halloween 2. How quickly the studios realized that there was a fad that they could catch in on and how desperately and how eagerly they did where these films are cannibalizing each other. Like, you have multiples releasing the same weekend, and you're spending, you know, half a million dollar and grossing 50 million dollars off them. It's it's insane. It's a game changer. Mm. And there is increasingly a a sense that these are cheap, tawdry, disposable, exploitative things. Like, we, we mentioned that Ebert raved about the original Halloween. He loved the original Halloween. We'll include the links in the show notes. But, like, by 1981, the same year that Halloween 2 is released, like, Siskel and Ebert devoted an entire episode, which, again, we will include in the show notes, to critiquing, like, the state of the slasher movie, the state of the horror movie genre, and I think they picked, like, When a Stranger Calls, which is one of the better examples of, like, the modern slasher movie, but, like, Ebert kind of just lays into it, so I, I, I think there is a kind of a, a cheapening of the genre There's a huge difference between the climate of horror movie cinema when Halloween is released in 1978 and when Halloween 2 is released in 1981, and I think there is a seismic difference, like, fundamentally between those two movies. I I also think it is worth noting that, you know as we've noted, the the numbers tend to be trending downwards. If you remember that list of movies I just rhymed off, and don't worry, there will be an exam later, you'll notice that the grosses are getting considerably lower by the time you get into 1981. But also, interestingly... Attaching a talented cast and a talented director to a movie like John Huston, William Friedkin, Gordon Willis, etc., that doesn't assure box office returns. Audiences aren't turning out for, you know, traditionally well-made horror movies. They're turning out for schlock. And I think in that context, like, Halloween 2 makes a great deal of sense. It is, you know, an attempt to cash in on Halloween, the movie that started this franchise, for everybody to get their slice of the pie... And I think that if you judge it by the standards of where the horror genre was in 1981, not where Halloween put it in 1978, I, I think that is somewhat more favorable to it. Mm. But Joey. We as- all just come back <laughs> into the room.
1: <laughs> we, we've made ourselves a sandwich. <laughs>
0: yeah. Served a cup of coffee. Chat a yeah. hug, chatted, cut off. But everybody asked about how everybody's family is. Yeah. Um, so, Joey. <laughs> is it on your own personal 250 movies your own 250 favorite movies oh
2: that's a good question every time you ask me this I feel like 250 movies is so many but I feel like I've answered it so many times
0: I mean I just rhymed off like 250
2: um. and it's and I agree it's definitely better than pretty much any of those even though a lot of them have been reappraised um, but I don't know like I do it probably would squeeze its way in there just because there's 250 of them. Because I definitely, yeah, I like it. And I mean, I like it way more than Season of the Witch, let me tell you. And I think it's definitely due more of a reappraisal than Season of the Witches, so... Yeah, I think it probably would.
0: Listeners will have to tune in Saturday for that. Uh, discussion. Yeah, to,
2: there's a little tease for you about where I stand. No, but like, it. yeah, I think it's, again, I think as sequels go, and especially as horror sequels go, I think it's, I agree, I think it's important, an important um, entry. And even in the Halloween franchise, I think it's up there. I think we did our uh, rankings the last time, but for me, it's definitely up there. Absolutely.
0: And Billy, your own personal 250. So not having to justify its importance or its quality just to you. Would this be one of your own 250 favorite movies?
3: Um, No. Now, again, I'm really, really fond of it. I think there is a lot to like. Um, and it has some really great, um, just really great, like, kind of shots. Yes. That are, like, that, like, nearly is a is an argument for kind of the sum of its parts for like wherever it kind of lulls for me or I kind of you know there's, there's a there's a good few bits in there where I'm like, oh come on now like but like some of the shots in it, especially obviously like with what I do True Video Nasty where I have like where I have to find really, really good, tasty shots to kind of break down the colours of luckily there is a lot of that in Halloween too. So um so it wouldn't be on my top um, two fifty. But in regards to uh, having to pick out kind of visually kind of stuff like that, I would rank it very, very highly.
0: And Andrew, what about yourself? With this on your own personal two hundred and fifty favorite movies,
1: uh, no, I, I, I kind of, I, I, I didn't like this movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Spoiler. I- <laughs> yeah i i like now is probably the point at which like, it becomes i ought clear. to reveal that if yeah. i haven't kind of yeah. teased it already it's feel like they uh, i understand of course that you know um what shall we call it like portrayal is not endorsement but it just feels like a very misogynistic movie like needlessly hmm. to uh, in 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 no way where it's tried to kind of comment on or yeah yeah and they're like it feels like there's too many examples of it and it that it's kind of like just scattered around like you know anywhere where it's kind of like oh no thought went into like why why is this so kind of like misanthropic yeah um uh, in 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 that particular like i don't like being in the kind of company of 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 people in this movie but nor do i get the sense that i'm supposed to want them dead um (laughs) uh, and yeah i i i I didn't um there 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 there's stuff i guess (gasps) to like about this movie but i i'm i'm not crazy about the Retrospective continuity, not the uh, like I'm I'm I, I like more the kind of swing that they took with the, with the, the big, big the big reveal. The big. I like less the kind of the the sort of uh, uh pointless lore
0: of, of <laughs> oh, of, Andrew. Of Andrew, and, Andrew. and, oh, and, <laughs> and, and, and oh, my sweet <laughs> Sam, uh, Sam and, Hain child. Um, <laughs> Yeah,
2: Sam Hain
3: Sam Hain Sam Hain, Child. <laughs> Sam
0: Hane. Sam, Sam Hain. That's
3: my firstborn child's future uh, yeah. name. Um.
1: This unforgivable nonsense. <laughs> oh, Andrew. Oh.
3: <laughs> Armchair Republican, aye, Andrew. <laughs> yeah,
1: a little bit, I guess. Like around other Irish people, I'm like, "Hey, calm down, guys." But then, when an American
0: <laughs> yes. something mispronounces,
1: like, yeah. yes. Um uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I, that, that is the thing where it's like we talked last week about like the, the complicated thing with slashers where it's like the, the genre has been criticized whether fairly or not for its misogyny and the idea that so much of this is like penetrative. You're watching a man plunge a knife into women over and over and over and over again um, and I think I think that like the first Halloween gets around that it is a, a much smarter movie than that yeah. and you know the part of that is the trope doesn't really exist yet, so they don't know that's what audiences want, um, so they aren't giving it to them. Um, but it is, I think, much more thoughtful in what it's doing and why it's doing it. Is- I mean, this was a, a common source of criticism of the wave of kind of slashers that emerged after Halloween. Yeah. And I think, like, we mentioned a, a little while ago the idea of, like, Siskel and Ebert devoting an entire episode of At The Movies to talking about this trend in 1981, And in fact, actually, it's notable the title of that episode was Women in Danger. And here, kind of, Ebert lays out his argument. He says, look, I think a lot of people have the wrong idea. They identify these films with earlier thrillers like Psycho or even a more recent film like Halloween, which we both liked. These films aren't in the same category. These films hate women. And, unfortunately, the audiences that go to them don't seem to like women much either. To sit there in the theatre surrounded by people who are identifying not with the victim but with the attacker the killer cheering those killers on it's a very scary experience right and like it, it's notable that in Ebert's review Ebert's written review of Halloween 2 having like praised Halloween 1 he describes it not as a slasher film but as a splatter film mm. he quotes i believe from a a book written by John McCarthy defining the splatter film as movies that quote Aim not to scare their audiences necessarily, nor to drive them to the edge of their seats in suspense, but to mortify them with scenes of explicit gore. In splatter movies, mutilation is indeed the message, many times the only one. And, and I do think you could make a criticism of Halloween 2 as belonging to that genre. I think Billy mentioned the blood is kind of like giallo red. It has that kind of quality to it, I think.
1: is Yeah, because it, it's not... The the sense in which like it's not for... Um, I feel like the first movie is kind of like for 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 everyone a little bit. Like like they did that the, it, it so far, it's the movie that would be on my kind of like it, that that I think ought to be on the two fifty.
0: Now you are saving room for Halloween Resurrections, but yes, <laughs> rhymes. I'll be like, give me some O. <laughs> <Okay>, well
4: played. <laughs> um, but
0: like, um, but th- that's the thing is that I think that. One of the interesting things about the Halloween franchise and why I thought it would be a fun thing to discuss um, is that it's it's a franchise that is in conversation with these larger horror trends where it sure. starts the ball rolling and Halloween is a game changer. And then almost immediately it becomes this thing that's reacting in real time to what's yeah, happening in the and, industry.
1: And who who is the audience surrogate? Is it this weird, like, infant man who <laughs> uh, hates... Um, all of these like promiscuous um, fun having teenage girls or is it um the teenage girl? Yeah. Um, oh
3: my god, is Michael the original incel? Oh, we, I hope
0: we did. We talked about that. That was something we talked about on Saturday. Um, The idea of like, yeah, masculine violence and the idea of, yeah, the portrayal of Michael as this sexually frustrated man who's working out is... Um,
1: yeah. We're, we're, like, I think the first movie is more like sophisticated in yeah. that in terms of what they I feel like the thrill of this movie if there is any is to be Michael, Michael Myers yeah
0: yeah I think it's a structural problem as much as it's like a thematic problem where there are three plot threads essentially moving through this movie the first one is Laurie Strode following from the climax of yeah. the last movie but she is bundled up pretty quickly into an ambulance and taken to hospital and if you discount if you discount the replayed footage from the first film, Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis here, actually has fewer lines in this movie than she does in Halloween Resurrections, Andrew's favorite Halloween movie, <laughs> uh, in which she only appears for 15 minutes. Um, like, she is not an active part of the plot. She spends most of the movie drifting in and out of consciousness, and she only really comes into play towards the climax. I don't think that's a spoiler. In parallel... You have obviously, like, Loomis, and Loomis is just running around, and I'm sure we'll talk a great deal about Loomis. It's a lot of fun, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, but he's not doing anything that is particularly relevant to the plot. He's not driving the plot forward. He's completely separate from where the action is happening for most of the movie. He has and he's no a, idea. He has no idea. But he shot him six times. H- how many times, Billy? He shot him six times, Darren. He shot him six, six times. How many times did he shoot him? Six times. I'm not sure we got, can we get an ADR? Six times. Yeah, I we shot get some more six ADR? Times. Than, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> six times. But,
1: I want all of your men to kill someone matching his description. <laughs>
3: Um. <laughs> Justice for Ben Traver, yeah.
0: But like and, and then you're right it, it's the actual plot of the movie you're following Michael Michael is the force that you the camera follows you're hmm. you're in Michael's perspective and I know that's referencing the first shot from Halloween the famous the wonderful shot that's alluding to Touch of Evil where you do that all in what seems to be one take going through the Myers house witnessing him stab at Judith and then the reveal that he's a child but repeatedly throughout this movie you're watching it through Michael's perspective and there is no counterpoint to it. Like, there's no other character that you're following who you could describe as the protagonist in the way that Laurie is the protagonist of the first movie. I, I do. I think you're onto. I think you may you've cracked it, Andrew. I think that's a very good. Like, I can't refute that. But Billy, Joey, is there anything there? Is is that? Does that make sense or is that a fair observation?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think uh, the switch to Michael actually kind of serves. The franchise quite well especially because you know laurie doesn't really come into it again or at least not for long as you said um so even though you, you might not agree with that choice it probably was the right choice at the time especially knowing now how long it's going to go on for and then they sort of reclaim it in the modern trilogy and they make it about both of them so that kind of corrects that mistake
0: we should note by the way like and this will be a much shorter list, I promise, um, that Jamie hmm. Lee Curtis had taken advantage of the success of uh, Halloween to break into the film industry and she'd become kind of a scream queen. She followed the success of Halloween by starring in her own kind of series of slasher movies, including Prom Night, which released in July 1980, The Fog, which is obviously a great carpenter re which released in February 1980 as well, which is a great movie. Mm-hmm. She did Terror Train, uh, which features a killer wearing a Groucho Marx mask um, and that. <laughs> Andrew's like, why aren't we talking covering the Terror Train franchise? And then she also (laughs) did Road Games, which was an Australian slasher movie, which released in June 1981. So she basically had been like all slashered out. She decided that she was kind of tired of doing this stuff, and she announced that Halloween 2 would be her farewell to the genre. In fact, she again, this is shot in 1981. She had famously cut her hair. She's wearing a wig throughout this movie to match continuity with Halloween 1978 and I will say like I never noticed it it was so it was per- like there was nothing That's yeah, pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I I I, like, I I did notice. I I really? found it, I, yeah, I, I, found it I thought
3: it was so jarring. I like did you? It's like um you know <laughs> I'm going to expose myself being a little stupid idiot now but um back in the day I used to be a massive Twilight fan like most girls my age and it was like, um I in one of the Twilight movies, I think it's I think it's Eclipse. And like uh Christian Stewart had like dyed and cut her hair really short and um she was wearing like the world's worst fitted wig I'd ever seen in my entire life. So then all I could think about rewatching Halloween two was, like Christian Stewart and the Twilight Wig.
1: It's <laughs> all I could think about. It's the, the uh wig wig watch I think is a genuine like it's like a sincere way of i think i i genuinely think it's an important part of watching movies that's why we're we're it is we are we are we are are, Teasing our John Travolta seasons, we are, we are, we are. Um, and
0: now that Andrew has said it, that's Nicolas going to be Cage. something that absolutely happens. Um, Another season, culminating in, in face off. We will never finish the Nicholas Cage season. <laughs> like, we'd have to be recording and watching mm-hmm. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, um, I would.
3: But forever and ever, amen. never stopping.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't. I.
1: I. wonder if there's that much shame though in liking the Twilight franchise. No, I don't. Um, I don't think like the, No,
3: I am. I have no shame. Yeah. but... I have to caveat it for people. Oh, yeah,
1: but, like, I I think, like, people couldn't deny their screen chemistry...
0: But I think, it, I think it's also just culturally we've kind of hopefully come around a bit. Because I remember when I was online in the it's 2000s. It's fun to,
1: I, I think people kind of hate things that uh, girls young,
0: like. yeah, teenage girls well, like. That was exactly what it was. It was the invasion of Comic-Con. And again, Joey can probably Joey probably remembers this as well as I do. But like the panic at the 2008 Comic-Con when, oh my god, the girls are here. Yeah. Like it's like girls are here at this Comic-Con event. It's like yeah. they're going to start expecting us to wear deodorant. How um,
2: dare they? <laughs> Sorry, that,
0: that was mean. I should not have said that. But there was this sense of like.
2: It's accurate, though. It's true. Yeah. It yeah. You ever
1: go into one of those places where they play Warhammer?
0: It fucking stinks. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, Andrew does <laughs> play.
3: Andrew's yeah. over
0: party. <laughs> I love that that'll be the opinion that does it. Not the hot, sexy gremlin. <laughs> and my whole past is Cameron. James Cameron. <laughs> Cameron. <Yeah. laughs>
1: the coolest of the of the nerd herd bring, brings a girl and then they they're all like kind of resenting that person for the fact that they all have to wear deodorant yeah
0: okay all right um so for myself this would not be on my own personal 250 i do think it, andrew's observations are entirely right i think it feels very cynical and it feels very cash in and i think that like to two carpenter's credit he's acknowledged that like One of the big things was that he knew that Halloween 2 had to compete with that massive, massive list of movies that I had just rhymed off there. And he knew that the kills had to be, as Joey said, in the style of Scream 2, carnage candy. They had to be a lot scarier, a lot gorier, a lot more graphic. Mm. You had to have like a higher body count. The body count in the first Halloween movie is maybe four people, I think, because it's three students and then the body where he steals uh, the jumpsuit. Whereas here, the body count is ten. Yeah, and like carpenters. I, I to- think
1: part like part, sorry, but I think like part of the body count as well as the nudity. Yes, as well. Yeah, you're a- not just competing with like slasher movies. You're competing with Porkies. So. Yes.
0: Yeah, but also like again, Friday the Thirteenth Part One, which we mentioned, yeah. was directed by a guy who had directed white coaters. I think is what they were called. Um, yeah, basically porn that you could release in American theaters. Um, so basically, there was this sense of yeah, it, it is gratuitous it is exploitative i think it's well made for a gratuitous exploitative cynical movie Yeah, but it's not it's not necessarily what i like or what i want I, i kind of again i'm much more in the nightmare on elm street kind of camp and slight spoilers for what's going to be a very heated episode on saturday Much more in the Halloween 3 camp, but we'll get to that. Boo. I know. I'm sorry. I
2: apologize. (laughs) I boo you.
0: (laughs) Darren has been. I'm
2: definitely going to be, definitely going to be in the minority. I know everyone loves that movie.
0: Darren has kicked off his own podcast. But, Joey, if listeners (laughs) have not seen Halloween 2, would you recommend that they pause the podcast and stream it to a local device? It is available on Lionsgate Plus, which is a streaming service that definitely exists.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would say definitely, but I would say, as Billy has said as well, double bill it with Halloween and watch it as just one kind of cohesive story about this very, very long night in this poor woman's life. That's how I would suggest watching it, because it can be a a little bit jarring if you watch it out of context almost especially even with that it starts kind of in media res which is very strange like I guess I'd forgotten that because I hadn't watched it in a few years so when I watched it uh, the other night I was like oh uh, okay we, we have a recap funnily enough when we get to Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 he starts right at the moment where she's screaming where it ends in the first Halloween yeah. so he kind of takes that but does it in a much more clever way so there's that too you know what I mean
0: I mean, there, there is also like one of the things I like about it is you can immediately tell that they have a much higher budget mm. because in the first movie, like the suburbs are completely empty and the first thing that they show you in the first footage shot for this movie is one of the neighbours coming out of his house saying, I've been trick-or-treated to death! And then just Loomis ha! like one of one <laughs> of the great, great shots Great, yeah, great line! One of right the great shots is Donald Pleasance looking at the camera going you don't know what death is! And then turning around and running and seeming to forget whether he's supposed to go in the front door or the back door of the house but it's all in one take. <laughs> yes. It's glorious. It is incredible. I love it so much. Um, Billy, if listeners have not seen halloween 2 would you recommend that they pause the podcast and stream it to a local device
3: well first of all i if they haven't seen halloween 2 and not to sound like i'm been judgy but absolutely sound like i'm been judgy Mm um like why haven't you yeah what are you doing (laughs) like come on what are you doing with your life like why haven't you watched like if you haven't seen every single slasher movie that you listed out in that short space of time, Darren, like, I mean, like do you even like movies? What
1: are they even <laughs> yeah. teaching in school like, these days?
0: If they haven't well, been teaching yeah. The Fan starring Michael Bynes, or Phobia, directed by John Huston. <laughs> yeah. <Euston. laughs> so- Seven I mean, more.
3: Exactly. That was. Would... <laughs> <Maniac. laughs> like, come on. That I should have One said, by don't... John Houston. Um,
0: but... <laughs> Phobia. I literally just mentioned it 30 oh, okay. seconds sorry. ago. <laughs> Windows by Gordon Willis, the cinematographer <laughs> on The Godfather. Dressed to Kill by Brian De Palma. Anthropophagus. Cruising.
3: <laughs> Two and one. Fair play. You did it again.
0: <laughs> but sorry, <laughs> go ahead there,
3: Billy. But, yeah, no, obviously I'm only jesting, but I think, as Joey said, definitely double billet. But I think it's one of those kind of movies as well that, you know, going back to the the six-pack and, like, Budweiser and stuff, it's definitely something that, like, I would invite friends over, particularly the uninitiated, and I would double billet snacks, beer, and just chill out and kind of... If you have friends that are into horror, then like you can just have an absolutely righteous time and everyone will buzz and kind of bounce off each other. Because it's just like, you know, watching like Double Building, the Halloween movies, that's class. But then especially if you have friends that don't like horror, then you can watch as your friendship collapses. in As they judge you. But it's worth it. As they judge you and they're going, do you really watch this kind of stuff? And you're going, yeah, every day?
2: Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is how I unwind <laughs> this is how I
0: relax yeah. this was my worry pitching this season to Andrew where Andrew's like I want to do Chucky I'm like I feel like I won't judge you for that but I'm like let's do the Halloween movies and I can gradually feel Andrew losing respect for me over the course of the next <laughs> eight weeks or so um, but Andrew what about yourself if listeners have not seen Halloween 2 would you recommend they pause the podcast and stream it to a local
1: you Lewis? probably don't have Lionsgate Plus <laughs> Which is a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Lion- they do have a week's free trial though, so you could you could binge. You could, you could yeah, you you could you could binge along with us. You wait until I guess November. <laughs>
0: and, no, um, yeah, because they they don't have the new Gordon Green ones. I don't think. Um,
1: they they will still have all of the 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 Power Book.
0: Yes. You know, oh yeah yeah yeah. The you Power Verse. Yeah. The, um, every feel- <laughs> time you play something on Lionsgate Plus, they want you to know that they have Power Book Five. And I'm Power like, Book Four: Force. Yeah, Power Book
1: Four: um, <laughs> Colon Force. But they have all, all the way up to Power Book Five. But I, I think they're they're like, but you, Andrew, <laughs> you want to see Power Book Four? <laughs> you
0: seem like a Power Book Four. <laughs> yeah, guy.
1: you're a Joseph Sikora man. <laughs> Joseph Sikora, um, in an ep- in episodes recorded before the Sagafra Strike, is is saying. I've got ha. this great new show. It's on Lionsgate. How, how can I see it?
0: Lionsgate.
1: You, <laughs> you can you can see it on Lionsgate Plus.
0: <laughs> you know the show is co-created by like Courtney A. Kemp and Fifty Cent.
1: Yeah, it it, it, it it's a peculiar one. They um, yeah they welcome
0: yeah. to the Powercast. <laughs> Two it, men they, enter, one man leaves. But no, leave. uh, no,
1: I I I I suspect that that Lionsgate Plus is probably uh more popular than we realize yes do it would be, be because i think they have a a a decent amount of stuff catering to african american kind of uh viewers not to be too reductive yeah.
0: Um, well they underserved demographics and they have very particular stuff as well they've got a lot of foreign stuff which is great they've got a lot of french uh television on there as well they got tv shows that i refuse to like believe are tv shows like there's a nixon drama starring julia roberts and sean penn huh. dr death starring like christian slater and joshua jackson and i'm like these are like 30 rock pitches these aren't tv shows it's <laughs> okay but anyway so yes you would recommend it yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd...
3: Uh, also, hashtag ad, hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if that 100%. is,
1: but if that isn't your thing, maybe you like schlocky action movies. Have you seen every Jason Statham movie? Probably not. Well, we have them. We have the ones you haven't seen,
0: the ones you've never even heard of. <laughs> yeah. so you know they're good.
1: Yeah. Plus some very good ones. Wait for the wait for the recommendation station where it will be uh. all. Lionsgate Plus,
0: Plus um, it's just um, it's just a Meg Two on loop.
1: <laughs> I think they have both Megs,
0: or, uh, which would be quite impressive, given Meg Two only opened a couple of weeks ago. But yes. yeah, well, they 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 Andrew is actually they, checking his recommendations in real time.
1: They insisted on releasing in in theaters so that it would be eligible for the awards that, season. That is fair. Meg yeah. fair. Meg Two. <laughs>
0: On, on that note I would recommend it I think Billy's right watch it as a double feature it benefits greatly from like the quantum of solace thing where it it works best if you think of it as a like hour and a half post-credit sequence to a really sure. good movie um which is not a bad way of looking at it I think like Joey and Billy both mentioned that this movie replays scenes from the first Halloween at the start and I'm like yeah stretch that runtime gotta hit 90 minutes <laughs> um With that in mind, (laughs) we've probably already gone past it, but I'm going to segue neatly into the Spoiler Zone.
1: Spoiler Zone! It's Christmas! (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: So, Billy, what is Halloween 2 about for you? We should do sequels more often, it rhymes.
3: (laughs) Um... hmm. I think, as I said earlier, Halloween 2, I feel, particularly when it's kind of, like, standalone-y, is, um, it has that almost, like, filler episode, kind of monster of the week thing that, remember, the X-Files used to do, that, like, again, like, it was a movie that kind of, I don't think, I like, I don't think it was really needed, because it is, it, essentially, it's almost, like, a post-credit sequence, like you were saying, a post-credit sequence, that they went, oh sure, we'll just um we'll uh pump a bit more meat into this now and see how we get on and see if we can make it work. Because it, it's literally it's just it's Laurie in the hospital. Now there there was a lot of moments that I, I did I did really like, especially with um I thought the chemistry between Laurie and the mechanic, not mechanic, the paramedic Jimmy I thought was actually quite lovely and like those kind of scenes I really liked. But um Jimmy, yeah. I thought they were quite sweet. And I thought they had a really like even though there wasn't a huge amount of scenes between them. I thought they had a lovely chemistry and it worked really well. Um, And again, I think like yourself and uh, Joey were saying, Darren, like the fact that it, the the POV and he switches to Michael is kind of quite interesting because you kind of get that whole voyeuristic aspect of his character, especially when you see like the the other paramedic, your man, the kind of the creepy dude uh, in the hydro yeah. thing with the nurse you kind of see and then you see those elements of like Bud yeah such a it's such a typical name like (laughs) Andrew
0: Andrew seems very happy to be mentioned to sponsors (laughs) that is fair
3: (laughs) 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 imagine if that was though a touchstone that'd be so funny like such a creepy (laughs) weird character like oh we named him after your product I'd be going
0: uh <laughs> Car- carpenter staring at the blank page staring at the half empty can on his desk <laughs> Bud Bud.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah that would be such a him move though just to kind of as a stick it to the man <laughs> this like just pain no, in fact it's like he's he's a bit of a weirdo character but he's 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 ultimately harmless i think but he is he's played quite well um by by his actor it's it's um
0: leo rossi cuz obviously
3: he's yeah and he's he's not in a huge amount but he, he was quite good for when he was in it. But um, you kind of see those elements, which I think are really nice, but also really important to Michael's character of the voyeuristic elements. And, like, obviously it's something that's kind of touched on in the first Halloween, obviously with Michael's obsession with Judith and, like, ultimately her promiscuity or whatever, I suppose. And then, like, his interaction with that nurse, where she kind of, she thinks that it's Bud and she puts... um her hand on
0: his finger in her mouth
3: yeah yeah all like all of that and initially she's kind of caressing his hand but it's almost like he lingers for that bit of um that bit of like normal like connection slash affection now whether that's a genuine thing or he's just waiting to make his move i don't know but i I really like those kind of moments i think they're quite important
1: then he goes and spoils it (laughs) spoils it all um sorry by boiling her (laughs) yeah then he goes and ruins it like
3: (laughs) most yeah, but his hand is okay, even though her entire being is not okay. Well,
1: he is not a man. <laughs> yeah, he has a
0: shape. He's um, not a man. <laughs>
2: He's not human. He's a Chad.
0: He's not human. <laughs>
2: He's not human.
0: There is like there is something I'm not quite able to square with this movie, where it's like it feels like it's a half good idea, but also Carpenter was like too far gone to the six pack by the time he hit it, but there is. There was a second six-pack. By the way, right? There was indeed. Okay, We're not so calling maybe... him a complete lightweight. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. know he's
1: American, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he's also very skinny. To be fair. To, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, there is like, there's this interesting recurring motif where obviously in the first movie you have the television and the first the movie playing the thing from another world, which is the movie that he will adapt into the thing the year after Halloween Two is released. Sure. But in this movie, you obviously you have like Night of the Living Dead is also playing, and that's kind of the recurring device. But you have throughout the film. Shots of Michael Myers on the security monitor in black and white on the cameras. And you have those juxtaposed with shots of like the zombies from Rubiro's movie, which I think is very interesting, where it's almost kind of like suggesting that Michael is now a classic monster. He's a universal movie monster, as the logo kind of suggests at the start of the movie. And I think it's interesting that... The kills here get ridiculously, absurdly outlandish, like unnecessarily like absurd and heightened. That sequence, which is incredibly schlocky, where he drowns the nurse in boiling water, that's an invocation of the classic Frankenstein, like the universal Frankenstein. That's Boris Karloff taking the little girl and holding her head underwater so she can find the flower. Uh, the sequence where he drains all of the blood from one of the nurses, from the night nurse. That's Dracula. That's a classic vampire kill. This b- woman lying on a bed drained entirely of blood. I do love, by the way, that after that you have like the character come in and just slip on the blood, which <laughs> is the most ignominious way to get taken out in a slasher movie.
3: Can, can I actually just piggyback off that, Darren, just really quick, and can I just say go just it, to no? go back to Andrew and the Alien movies and stuff, I think I always say that I, I it takes a lot for me to get pissed off at movies or hate them, but when I saw that sequence in Alien Covenant where like f- like fifteen characters all slip on the one pool of blood in the space of like three minutes and then oh, they end up blowing up the ship,
2: so stupid.
3: Nothing has ever made me more angry. Like to an extent, I kind of even though it's it's silly in Halloween too. I I get that. Um, Jimmy, is it the paramedic? It, it's Jimmy. Yeah. Gets a device or something. That's why he slips. It kind of, like, it's goofy, but it kind of makes sense. But the fact that in Alien Covenant, they're all sliding around this pool of blood, like, back to back to back. Oh, I was actually so mad. Mm. I'm so mad. (laughs) So I just felt the need to say that out loud. Because every time I try and tell people, it's like, you know that um, Ryan Gosling skit, the Papyrus skit from SNL? Mm. But that's, like, me with Alien Covenant and the pool of blood. Like, why would such an esteemed, distinguished writer-director... Film that. (laughs) Not one, not two, but like 11 people all like slipping on one pool of blood and then getting taken out by this fledgling little alien, proto alien type thing. Oh, I despair. There were
1: two people, right?
3: I think there was two, but I think one of them slipped like twice or three times in the same pool of blood.
1: Okay.
0: No, I'm gonna uh, that. Andrew really likes Alien Covenant, I to be really, clear. Uh, Andrew's a very big fan of Alien Covenant. <laughs> yeah.
3: Ew. I actually I had in fairness, there are elements I really love the soundtrack to Alien Covenant, and there are a lot of elements that I do like. I was profoundly uncomfortable with the dual Michael Fassbender the
0: twin-cest?
3: fingering the flute the twi- Yeah,
0: I'll do the, the fingering.
3: I mean, I'll do th- me and my dad went to go see it together and the two of us just stopped and looked at each other and pissed ourselves laughing and it was hilarious. Amazing, amazing. Um but that scene just sent me off the wall. Um it sent me off the wall. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. But I I
1: did, like if I'm <laughs> i being... I I loved how how like yeah. Um how how I suppose ludicrously gay, that um, whole thing was. With the
0: two androids, yes. Yeah, and like a yeah. yeah. I mean, is it gay or is it like masturbation? It's not yeah, gay.
2: It's, like- it's not gay. We don't claim <laughs> yeah. it. We don't want it. We <laughs> okay. no,
3: but they, because what's there's that there's that amazing quote from the boys when the Homelander's with the Doppler, and he's like, "It's not gay. If it's with yeah, yourself. It's yes. masturbation,
1: right?" <laughs> I that is that is fair. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's a different community of, of okay. clones.
0: Um, yeah, mm-hmm. a okay. okay. clone community. I, this is a great episode. It's going completely to plan. I love all the directions that this conversation has taken.
3: Um, so it's it's called ADHD, Darren, I'm so sorry. No, 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 not,
0: not, not you, Billy. No, no, to be clear, not <laughs> you. <laughs> um, I'm just moving this card that has whole past female gremlin off the table. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of like, I, I think there is something there in the idea of like Michael Myers is now a classic universal monster. He's He's Frankenstein, he's Dracula, he's all of these things. And you have, like, again, halfway through a six-pack, halfway to a good idea, you have this idea in the movie, which is something that, like, the first Halloween is a perfect movie. So when you try to rip off the first Halloween, you're inevitably going to make a bad movie because it's going to suffer by comparison to it. Great thing about Halloween 2 is it is not a perfect movie. So whenever anybody tries to copy it, it's 50-50 whether you do it better or worse. And here you have this idea of well, what if the real evil is inside all of us? Where you have that, like the you have the crowd who are like around the Myers house, throwing stones, threatening to burn it down. You have like that wonderful discussion news with Pleasance.
1: crews as well.
0: Yeah, I mean you, that's you, a young Dana you, Carvey, you, by the way.
1: Yes, yeah it um he he's he's been told like to interview the the, the children the kids the children. And, and, he, and nodding yeah <laughs> agreeably <laughs> but they uh, i feel like when carpenter wrote all of the new stuff maybe with the exception of that exchange with Dana Carvey where he didn't have to write like um but I, I feel like Carpenter wrote um, a news reporter reports on what happened <laughs> and that like the guy who's playing the news reporter is like do I get lines is like just say just what happened
0: report on what happened. Yeah. Just, yeah.
1: We're like, going to leave the camera uncomfortably long, <laughs> you and you're just going to keep talking. Uh,
0: there, well, <laughs> um, I mean, this is the classic Andrew so TV awkward. reporter in movies thing. I think you also had it like once upon a time in America as well. Sure. But yeah that crowd gathered outside the Myers house the kind of the sense of vigilante mob justice community thrown into chaos that's all classic frankenstein stuff that's the the villagers gathered with their pitchforks and torches to burn down the windmill at the end of the classic universal james whale frankenstein movie it's kind of interesting that like, carpenter just goes back to a more archetypal sort of movie monster or monster movie if you will and again, like it, it's interesting that this becomes a template that the movies keep coming back to over and over again. I mean, I think of uh, obviously Halloween Four has a vigilante plot line in it. Halloween Kills has like a big mob plot line in it as well. And it's kind of interesting that you know while the original Halloween is perfect and anything that you do is going to suffer by comparison to it. Yeah, Halloween Two is kind of not perfect. So when you do like, another take on the concept, you're immediately like, well, it could be better, it could be worse. Who's to say? I don't know. I like that. I kind of like that about this movie. Mm. It, it kind of reminds me a bit of, like, the, the Friday the 13th Syndrome, where, like, mm. when you have a piece of media that is doing a parody of slasher movies in general, when it's riffing on the genre, on the template of it. Now, obviously, there are exceptions, like Scream is very obviously doing Halloween, but if you're going for... A generic slasher movie, nine times out of ten, it's going to be riffing on Friday the 13th. Um, I'm thinking here, obviously, of, like, Fear Street 1978, for example, which is oh. set in the year that Halloween released, but is doing Friday the 13th. Or I'm thinking of The Final Girls, which is very transparently doing Friday the 13th. Yeah. They don't tend to riff on, like, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or Nightmare on Elm Street because those are legitimately great movies whereas the Friday the 13th movies are maybe a bit less good. Yeah. Uh actually actually now that I think of it, The Final Girls ends with the promise of a sequel set in a hospital, which is obviously another reference to Halloween 2 and a reminder that Halloween 2 is decidedly less sacred than the original Halloween. Um Mhm. <laughs> This movie was obviously cut and hacked to pieces in post-production, particularly by Carpenter. Apparently, he cut huge tracks out of the second act. So, for example, like Michael Myers disables the janitor, uh, the generator. For, he also disables and the generator. <laughs> he, hmm. he, he, he disables the generator. He disables the janitor's at the, ho- <laughs> at the generator. Yes, uh, but he also disables the generator at the hospital. In case you're wondering why everybody's wandering around in the dark and nobody seems too bothered by it after the power cut. Um, he, you know, there's a whole thing about how Michael Myers gets to the hospital was well, an entire subplot in the middle act of the movie. Whereas, like Carpenter's, like a solution to this is to have a guy with a boombox walk by, declaring that Laurie Strode has been taken to hospital. Then have Myers walk up to a sign that says "Hospital this way," and then cut to Michael Myers is suddenly in the hospital. Those kids in their news radio <laughs> yeah, when they're <laughs> ra- boomboxes.
3: <laughs> I have to say though, I did I did love that kind of that. that- that sting when your man with the boombox walks across and suddenly michael's there and it goes doo, 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 and it kicks in like it's so on the nose but i do love
1: it
0: it's great it is i mean there are a lot of like again the soundtrack i think is actually really good to be fair to it um and i like i don't dislike the kid with the boombox well you know but it is right. but, but it
1: is very um uh like 1980s you
0: know another andrew hot take coming <laughs> right in well, you know, well, it is. Like, again, it's it very much... That's the movie. <laughs> Kid with a boombox. Um, but, you know that is that's... it
3: Jason Takes Manhattan with the boombox? He has to show down with kids in the boombox. Yes. yes. Well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Yeah,
4: yeah.
0: We should note, by the way, that that, that actor with the boombox, I believe, is played by Billy Warlock, who is the son of the actor who plays Michael Myers here, who is Dick Warlock, which is a great, great name. name. <laughs> yep, just a great name. Great name. Um And... Before we continue on, the Michael Myers mask is a source of controversy for Halloween fans. Everybody has their favorite and least favorite version of the mask. Uh, very famously, despite the fact that this franchise is worth hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, they were, they've were they never been able to properly replicate the original mask. The mask they use here is the original mask, but it turns out that Nick Castle just like had it in the back pocket of his jeans, for like yeah. several years between making of movies. So when they took it out it was kind of stretched. It's on the cover of a
1: Springsteen
0: album. <laughs> yeah, Mike Myers mask <laughs> hanging out of his jeans pocket. Um but it also Dick Warlock is, uh God bless his soul and by his own admission, a much shorter, stockier actor than Nick Castle. So the mask kind of sits um differently on his face. Ooh. It's like it's like movie uh, era Shatner. Rob- Robocop tree issues. <laughs> obligatory robocop reference um he apparently You're, had to wear you lifts. also
1: you also have a uh, uh, laurie strode actress cutting her hair like nancy allen in robocop except nancy allen doesn't get a <laughs> week it's head trauma <laughs> <laughs> um, he
0: has plenty of head trauma yeah
1: yeah for for the um gratuitous robocop reference um
0: but yeah, do we like famously entirely
1: unnecessary RoboCop reference. We see Janet naked through a um a frosted window.
0: But then like, we also like we her see her naked RoboCop. outside a frosted window as well.
1: Yes, but well, we eventually get to see RoboCop
0: <laughs> um, naked after that frosted repair point. That's a very better cool. than naked.
1: Gun <laughs> go- metal
0: covered in metal. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so, back to the Michael Myers Sorry. mask. No, no, not at all. Um do we have like so Joey Joey Billy as like fans of the franchise, do you have a favorite Michael Myers mask? Do you think any of the sequel masks look good? Do you have a hot take? So Joey, uh,
2: all the sequel masks look like shit. Um I'm just gonna say that right off the bat. My favorite one is I mean obviously the original one, but I love the distressed Michael Myers mask in the new trilogy. I think mm. there's that there's that great moment and they put it right in the trailer, which I watched about a million times. For the twenty eighteen one where he where he takes it out of the out of the boot and he puts it on and it's just oh perfection. I also have a lot of love for the sort of half mask, the sort of burned mask that um he wears in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. You can see like his eye. <laughs> I feel like yeah, just that that Michael Myers like been through some stuff. But I mean nothing, look, nothing compares to the original mask, nothing compares to Nick Castle. That's why they put him in Halloween twenty eighteen again. Yeah. And you can sense immediately that it's him. But yeah, those would be my favorites. I think. I think what they did with the new ones was really, really cool because it was weathered, but it wasn't as weathered as in Rob Zombie's Halloween, where you're like, "What happened to this mask?"
0: Why would he not just buy another mask? Why does Michael, the biggest man, exactly?
2: Just, <laughs> just buy a new one I don't, what's going on yeah. you don't have any money i don't why not
0: nobody's gonna stop you on the way out the store billy the G- he's <laughs> a
2: huge man
1: <laughs> yeah they have like the the paper mache orange pumpkin <laughs> mask that he made himself and it's like that's oh,
2: true he yeah that's a great point andrew he made his own mask yeah. so why didn't he take one of the
0: homemade ones as like a backup just, you know just in case think about how embarrassing it will be if the mask if he was gets damaged, yeah. But Billy, do you have any hot tags on the Michael Myers mask? The fact that we- he wasn't wearing... Oh, no, wait.
1: No, no, he wasn't, <laughs> right? He wasn't wearing a mask when he killed his sister originally. He was
0: dressed as like a clown, right? Yeah. No, he did yes, wear a mask. Yeah. They pulled the mask up. He had a mask he off. He didn't have him a mask yet. on. It was it was a clown mask.
2: Yeah, it was originally supposed to be a clown mask. Yeah, that oh, was one okay. of the, It was and either then...
0: it was either Shatner or a clown. Those were the two. So it was basically two <laughs> clowns. I'm kidding. I love how Shatner.
2: we don't know. <laughs> how did it come down to that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, sorry, so Billy, do you have any takes on the mask?
3: Um, well, obviously, um, same as I'm sure everyone at uh, the Halloween. The first Halloween uh, mask is my favorite. Um, I am a huge Trekkie so the minute like when I think my dad was the one that told me about the um, origin of the original mask uh, I just thought it was the greatest thing I had ever heard in my entire life um, and I actually have now I found it online years and years and years ago but it's a great like it's kind of like a Photoshop mashup meme thing and it's of um, Captain Kirk but with the Michael Myers mask on. And it's, like, instead of the night she came home, it's, like, uh, like, the night she came to space or something. Oh, it's, like, one of my favourite things ever. It's, like, such a nifty little mashup.
1: Amazing.
3: <laughs> I think that... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I appreciate that they did... Like, I know they obviously had the teething issues with the fact that the first Solomon was, like, so kind of gorilla rough and ready. And that they weren't, obviously, anticipating it to blow up the way it did, which is why Nick Castle was going around with it, like in the boot of his car or whatever. <laughs> and that's <laughs> why that happened. But like, I'm fascinated with the Halloween, um, Halloween five mask. Like they didn't even try.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't yeah. even, they
3: didn't even try wrench Benjamin, Michael Myers. They didn't even try to make it.
0: It's like look the Odo of like masks. It's like the Odo of Michael yeah. Myers masks.
3: basically. Like it doesn't like all of them for the most part, you can kind of go, yeah, like they like bless them. They tried. And especially like nearly like, um, is it... I can't remember. Is it H2O or is it Resurrections? Has the really bad mask. I know they're both not great. But one of them has a worse one than the other. But at least you can still tell that it's a Michael Myers mask. Whereas the one from Halloween 5, it's like... It's who is that? <laughs> he looks like Shia LaBeouf. Who is that?
0: <laughs> Alright, do you want to talk a little bit then about Loomis? So like obviously Donald Pleasance comes back. He has to split a title card this time with Jamie Lee Curtis. I like that they do the classic uh, left to right, high to low thing where he gets to be on the bottom left quadrant and she gets to be on the top right quadrant. So you can't tell which of them is technically the first one that you're supposed to read. Right. Um, classic movie mm. design. Uh, but like Loomis is is, is is big energy here. Like, again, I kind of like, Pleasance knows what he's doing. He understands the assignment. I love that the first thing he does is basically get a teenager killed and the movie just continues on trucking. Poor, <laughs> poor Ben Tramer. Um like the moment where like Justice for Ben Tramer. Stop stop the car, he yells at Sheriff Brackett, gets out brandishing a firearm, tells the children to move out of the way as he waves the gun wildly in the air, and poor Ben Tramer, who is seemingly stoned off his mind, apparently drunk or stoned, or I think the kids say he was drunk. But he turns around, starts waddling across the road, and then gets hit <laughs> by a police he, car he was- which explodes. He was
1: the drunkest, most fashionable of us. <laughs> Take me. <laughs> he he, um, Take me he he always picked up on trends quicker than any of the rest of us. We had no idea what he was doing. It's like, I'm oh, Michael Myers. Um, I'm wearing the Michael
0: Myers mask. I bleached Michael Myers mask though. Like, yeah, that's the, it's like blonde. On the yeah, card. it's very sexy. <laughs> How? <laughs> okay, that was not the adjective that I had in mind, Joey. But I appreciate it. Um.
2: <laughs> but what? But what's he supposed to be? Yeah. Like, what is? Exactly. Who is he dressed up as? Yeah. It, because Michael Myers it's, isn't. It's not a thing yet. So
3: it, what's
2: he doing? He's a Michael. He's a Boyband
1: Michael. If it wasn't a hot mask, he has an
0: earring. You just can't see it on the other. Uh, the way that he's running.
1: There are <laughs> s- there are some hot masks in in this movie. Okay. They get Let's set on, on
0: fire. I <laughs> like it. Bad like. <laughs> um, also, hey, non-inappropriate smoking. Podcast. I'm so sorry, Darren, but I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Not inappropriate smoke. I like the scene where, like, is it uh, one of the police officers' hands? He's got, like,
1: a bent cigarette in his yeah. mouth. As well.
0: <laughs> and he hands Loomis the cigarette, and Loomis just kind of, like, puts the cigarette away, then hands him the lighter, and Loomis just puts the lighter away, which obviously <laughs> comes in handy towards the climax of the movie, which I love. But it's such a great scene because Loomis is such an odd man. So odd. So very I, odd.
1: Like, your, your man is. Um uh it's like whoa that was pretty intense you want a cigarette uh yes but <laughs> well, i'm not going to smoke it um yeah then I, I i feel like the bent cigarette the actor was like hey sorry about that i don't know what happened to the cigarette let's uh, do let's, another let's do another take no no <laughs> like Cut. We, <laughs> we can't Cut. get another
0: cigarette <laughs> <laughs> that's not in the budget we we spent it all on blowing up this car and van like I, I love that obviously this has a much higher budget than the original film and obviously uh, a lot of that went on salaries but I do also like that they Tires. clearly concentrate yeah, they clearly concentrated that budget on explosions as well it's like what does this slasher movie need two gigantic <laughs> explosions possibly unnecessarily large explosions
1: oh yeah but the special effect with the flaming michael myers is class at the end, is it? Yeah. it is.
2: Class
3: it's yeah, really that it cool.
1: Could not believe Very it. Very cool. Like, you know. but
2: he, Dick Warlock, is a stuntman man. Yeah. So I mean, I imagine did he do that himself? That stunt. He, well, probably. Should, I don't. I don't know. Should be. I just assumed he did.
1: Whoever did should be
0: proud because they, they, it's it looks Kurt great. Russell's personal stunt double. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, I've got nothing to add. Could I, I <laughs> thought that was, <laughs> I, thought there was
1: <laughs> I thought there was definitely a pun. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go, go ahead. Um, there, Billy.
3: Just to gently segue, um, because the like I think the the just going back to Ben Tramer,
4: <laughs> I think
3: <laughs> it's so funny, like the the ending of the movie, like when Michael comes out the flames and everything, and like e- sorry, even the setup for that, like Loomis totally could have gotten out with, um, oh yeah, with Laurie, obviously, like and the, the fact that Michael is like just standing there slashing away, they could have just literally left him there and locked him in, and it would have been fine. whatever that when when the explosion happens and everything goes up in flames it's obviously as you're saying it's class but then just thinking back then to when ben gets hit by the car at start of the movie and by the police officer no less and then slams into the van and everything explodes it's so fast and furious yes in retrospect it's so like he literally explodes like, it explodes. Yeah. The yep. flames everywhere. It's amazing.
0: I had a very high blood alcohol content, to be fair. Well, that <laughs> yeah, true.
3: that's true. true. It's so funny. And I remember the first time I watched it.
0: Be careful,
1: kids. Yeah,
3: that, that should be an alcohol PSA. <laughs> Shown in schools and stuff. But um, it's like, because I remember even when I watched it, like, for the first time, even the first couple of times I saw it, I could never understand why Ben? Like, obviously I was like, okay, this alpha is running around and I'm screaming, brandishing like a gun. So like, yeah, he's going to like not want to be near him. But I was like, why does he shuffle away so weirdly? And it was only on this last watch that I copped, like you were saying, that his friends were like, oh yeah, he's high, he's off tits like, and he's super drunk. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> like,
0: he's just vibing. <laughs> On Halloween night. Can you imagine yeah, Ben's Ben's night? Yeah. This is his first beer. <laughs> yeah. And his last.
1: Yeah,
0: it's yeah, like mm. <laughs> He's
3: looking for Laurie, he wants to shift, and then he yeah. gets hit by a car and exploded.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, like that ending with like because we mentioned it there with Loomis and with Michael Myers, that feels very much like Carpenter being like peak fuck you. Where it's like I gave you an open ending to the first Halloween movie and it was meant to be a metaphor. It was meant to be about how the It's everywhere. Man, he's everywhere. He's yes. out there. He's always going to be around. And what you guys fucking did was you took it and you turned it into a franchise. So you know what? No Michael Myers for you. Fuck you. I'm going to shoot him in the head. I'm going to burn him alive. And I'm going to make sure the last shot of the movie is his burning skull through the mask because there's no way, no way you fuckers can bring him back from this and I kind of love that
2: I, I always thought that that was genuinely what he was doing, not just him but Loomis like I understand what Billy's is saying that Loomis could have got out, but I thought that's why he did that, it was because he was like no, neither of these characters are coming yeah. back, this right. is it now we're not, we're not going to have fucking 50 sequels of Loomis running around going did he kill, did he kill again
1: <laughs> in Loomis's defence <laughs> sorry <laughs> No, actually, what I was going to say is that you only get to die once, and afterwards, everyone's going to be like, what a hero. Nobody's (laughs) going to say... Did he really have to <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. also die in that? <laughs> like. But
2: they should have. They should have taken him seriously. Yeah. You I, know, I, he spends. He spends this movie again being like, "No, we have to take this seriously," and they're all like, "Eh, I don't know. It's only one guy. Whatever."
1: He's a difficult dude. Though. I was about to say, like, he, of course, oh, he, he is. Oh, yeah. I well, under- that's why
2: he didn't have a wife. <laughs> that's why he. That's why he was like, no, no wife. <laughs> Who would put up with this? I,
1: uh, I be, because like. He doesn't, Michael was his wife.
2: Yeah, he hit the love of his life
0: is Michael. Yeah,
2: but he says in Rob Zombie's Halloween, he's like, "You're my best friend."
0: Yeah, yeah. longer than my last marriage. Yeah, yeah, a great line. Like he do, he does, which
1: yeah. is great. He doesn't listen to Marion Chambers. <laughs> like when she's trying to give him like a very important plot point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's such a dick to her, yeah. isn't he? And then late- he's like, "Well, you should have listened to me." And she's like, "Okay, I'm sorry, but like, in my defense, I got dragged out of the car, and it was pretty scary." Yeah,
1: and she's like, "I'm, ju- I'm just, you know, tr- like, I'm just trying to say one thing," and he's, like, and it it takes such effort for her to get out that detail, and then like it feels like maybe f- five minutes later, he's telling her to shut up.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Wait. It, it's. It's very shut up, woman.
0: <laughs> Let me continue monologuing about the uh, Sam Hain, please, for a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's
2: like you know, in him, you
3: know, in um, you know Family Guy, every time like Meg speaks up and uh, Peter's shut, Mike. <laughs> it's like exactly like that. I, I do. Which like is also very topical, considering Mila Kunis been a big lunatic as well. The
0: the negging as well, where she comes back and he's like, "Oh, I yeah, did, I didn't recognize you for a second which is very much like, "Oh, somebody went home and got showered and went got changed."
2: Yeah, I. haven't showered where
0: were you when i was out shooting ben tramer like i haven't
2: showered a (laughs) day killing children i love love that they brought that actor back for halloween kills i thought that was such a nice touch it's like justice for marion chambers yeah because yeah everyone seems to forget that she had this really violent interaction with michael myers that i mean it probably scarred her she probably was like i don't want to get in the car again someone's gonna grab me
3: well um the actress nancy stevens is married to rick rosenthal actually
2: Oh, that's weird yeah that's very weird do you think they talk about it <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Rick Rick I'm in Halloween kills and he's like whatever <laughs> yeah shut up
3: I- yeah because like I even think because I thought even that line because I, I double checked um, because the way he delivers it I was like is that some kind of on the nose like did they change actresses and I'm just not copping Mm. Like, is it like a really like, oh, you like, you look different, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh,
2: cause it's not the same actress. <laughs> <laughs> she just got some new glasses.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Clark Kent
2: and Superman.
0: Did I miss anything?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? what contract dispute? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But like, and, and again, she gets into a car with Sam Loomis and everything is perfectly chill. Like, the moment where Loomis pulls the gun out of the deputy's pocket, waves it in his face, and delivers the line, I believe, oh it you people always do, fire a warning shot, and then fires yeah, the gun yeah, so inside the car. Yeah, dude. And, the, and,
2: and the poor man's like, I'm just following orders. I'm going to get fired if I turn this yeah. car around. <laughs> like, and he's like, I'm going to shoot you. It's like,
0: okay. You know what's a perfectly rational thing for me to do? This yeah he's yeah. just like
3: but you can even see in his eyes he's just going i don't get paid enough for this whatever yeah yeah he literally does he plays
2: hear it less. really really well he's not even listening so, to them like at all yeah. and then yeah he's just like whatever
1: he's not listening because he's bleeding out of his ears because because <laughs> loomis just fired a gun like, <laughs> right next to his head right. in, a, in a car yeah.
0: i mean i do like the sequence where he's like now deputy I could handcuff you in this car but I have a feeling I might need you in there do you want to come along and the deputy is like very much out of fucks to give and it's just like what am I going to do lose my job um, and uh, then promptly gets murdered or lose yes. my life Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs>
1: it's like you know what Loomis life is a like, small
3: like thing. a box of chocolates
1: <laughs> yeah. it's uh, yeah it, it's uh, overrated yeah oh. let's go let's do this
0: But, like, and I guess this is a nice segue to talking about the twist, which I think is the last big thing we haven't really talked about with regards to the movie. But, like, again, throughout the movie, you have this idea... Come on, baby! (laughs) (laughs) um, You have this, do the twist, like we did last summer. Um, Let's twist again, like Like we we did did last last year. year. But um, you have... (laughs) This is gonna be a fun one to edit. Um, you have the, you have the moment where like you have two minutes of usable content, Darren. That, that's the shortest episode ever. But you have like the moment where they go to the classroom. They discover Myers broke into his classroom apparently. Hmm. Um, and did he write Sam Hain on the board, or was that just uh there by coincidence? Did he just like break? The he glass? did,
3: I think. Did he? Is, and then did he draw the? Did he draw the? the I think he drew the little. The Little family, um, crayon drawing yes. as well, put,
0: and put the knife through it,
2: and put the knife through it. Oh, yeah, that was very sad. That was very sad.
0: Um,
1: <laughs>
2: a very sad metaphor, <laughs> but you have this
1: idea You're very
0: busy, yeah, a lot of activity, I, yeah.
1: They, I, uh, I suppose, like, like stabbing people, how, drawing pictures, how, w-
0: walking to hospitals
1: because that's uh, like, yeah killing children <laughs> i suppose the um haddington is the city that never sleeps <laughs> like <laughs> it's just hours after like you know the- three
0: dead bodies found in a household yeah yeah you've got kids wandering with boom boxes playing news through the, is- centre, through the city center through the town hall
1: oh. there was some point where he says um we'll catch up in like half an hour in the at the mortuary and i think kind of like Okay, so this this makes sense if the movie is like in real time, but it's not. It it's not like loads of stuff happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, well, ag- again, like it, it's just yeah. <laughs> let's let's not get into the continuity <laughs> no, no. of it and the, like the, the time of it and the the illogicality of it. But I like, suppose it,
1: it's like I ought not to be thinking about that maybe.
0: Yeah, well, uh, yes. Yeah, it's
1: like how 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 well does a movie kind of you know suspend your disbelief? Belief, yeah,
0: well, I mean, yeah, cinema
2: sins. Uh, it, well, yeah. Like, what well, you need, Andrew, is more Budweiser.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you need your own six pack, Andrew. the, Let me, the crisp, refreshing days of Budweiser. <laughs> yeah, the crisp,
3: refreshing days of Budweiser.
0: But we. Just to run through quickly what Carpenter added to the movie, because Carpenter did reshoots as we mentioned um, after Rosenthal turned in his cut. Rosenthal thinks the theatrical cut is a a brutal act that undermines any suspense and tension that he was trying to build. But Carpenter basically added the first kill in the movie where Myers kills a teenager. That was apparently based off a test audience response that apparently they were angry that Myers doesn't kill a single teenager in the movie. Mm -hmm. So the opening sequence has him steal a knife from an elderly couple and then murder a random teenager. The second sequence he added, which is actually quite impressive technically is the long, the single one take that follows the nurses on their way to the hospital where they get in the car and they drive off and then the kid with the boombox arrives and then Michael passes through and then w- goes to the hospital sign, which is all done in one take, which is very technically impressive cool. given that it is literally just Carpenter patching the narrative that he chopped out of the half hour of the movie he just threw in the bin. Um, and then the other thing that he added was the security guard kill. Hmm. That was all Carpenter, because he was like, nobody's died in this movie in 20 minutes, so we need to have somebody die. Let's introduce a cute, bumbling security guard who has, like, one meaningful interaction Not with the rest Mr. of the Mr. <laughs> the audience <laughs> will be rooting for him, which is like, you could tell it's a very drawn-out kill, because it's the hammer kill, and it just takes forever to get to it. Yeah. It's like, I'm gonna wander over by this dumpster. Hopefully there's no serial killer here. Nope, no serial killer here. I'm going to go check... <laughs> Sorry? Cat attacks yeah, him. Yeah, cat attacks him. I'm going to go check this, check this empty room.
1: Clear out these...
3: Cat was just trying to warn <laughs> him. We <cleared> yeah. These,
1: <laughs> <laughs> clear these cobwebs away. <laughs> these clanking chains. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: push them out of the <laughs> way. Yeah. yeah um.
3: But then he goes to the shop and gets a six-pack of Budweiser. <laughs> yeah, great night.
0: night. Yeah. But I... You gotta hit that ninety-minute runtime. Gotta get there somehow. Fun
3: for everyone in the parish. Yeah, it's
1: because pe- people who share the same spirit share the same beer. Thank you, Andrew. Um,
3: <laughs> but um, Andrew, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you meet with my boss because I think I think we need you.
1: The, the, the pitch. <laughs> hey, I, 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 this, this is, is yeah. Just keep him busy, you know. They, they, they...
3: podcaster, copywriter extraordinaire. For just those... only for bud though, and Halloween references. <laughs>
1: Well, it, it it it's for those who grind, you know, yeah, it's, who stay stay loud and who never back down. Uh,
3: this is this is your uh, five to nine before your nine to five. This
0: this bud is for you. Um, <laughs> oh, all right, um, but. Sorry. Like- I do think the movie is getting at this idea of like Michael Myers representing the evil inside all of us, which is the big thing that he's the shape in the first movie, where he's just this kid who could be anybody who just randomly killed a bunch of people. And he's this dark secret that this town has. And so through this movie, you have this like recurring emphasis on again, you have the mob outside the Myers house threatening to burn it down. You have the sequence with the kid in the hospital who's bitten into a razor blade. Mm. Uh, which is very much again tapping into those fears in the early nineteen eighties about kids being give app given apples with blades in them and biting into Let them. And- them, <laughs> like it's fine. It was, it was such
3: a such a shoehorn subplot though as well. Well,
0: also the fact that the mother takes him out of the hospital before like Michael Myers arrives. Yeah. So you're like, nope, kid's not gonna die. Um, well, yeah, it was because that- like
3: every every scene in the start is like anchored with the two of them. Yeah. And they, like then they just leave and you're like, oh,
0: okay yeah <laughs> but but like you have this idea of like and then it's so Lu- that the cameraman
1: has somebody to follow <laughs> to go
0: to <laughs> the hospital yeah yeah
1: because they i don't know forgot i forgot to, i don't
0: forgot to create a protagonist for the movie but like you have the like loomis is monologuing in the back of the car like when 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 the nurses when nurse crane is trying to give him the information that will move the plot along and he's talking about how human sacrifices we used to Burn people alive with deformities and curses and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, humans, they're the real evil. And it's like, you know, this maybe would sell just a little bit better... If, like, the real evil hadn't, like, murdered three people and was slicing his way through a hospital right now. It feels like the point you're making about human beings being the worst thing in existence is kind of undermined by the fact that Michael Myers is now a universal monster. And also, the sister of your protagonist. Let's talk about the twist. (laughs) I got there eventually. I love
2: (laughs) how, I love how she has, like, I don't know, some kind of nightmare about her adopted mother being like, I'm not your mom. Yeah, it's so funny. I just, uh, I'm like, who wrote this? I mean, would an adopted parent ever say that? <laughs> I'm not your
0: mom. Somebody who is on three buds. I
2: believe you have
3: to, to be an adoptive parent, you have to say that.
0: You, it's just it's like, like legal uh, you you would only
1: say it to a really shitty kid like laurie strode <laughs>
0: who everybody hates
2: yeah. yeah like the problem child she was kind of annoying her it seemed like yeah
1: who who yeah every every everybody's least favorite kid laurie laurie strode. Strode. like like the, she, <laughs> she's just so she she's so yeah such like a a, a
3: such a little stinker
1: Yeah, but like, but which doesn't make any sense because she's such a wonderful kind of um, character. Yeah, yeah, and so kind of like sensitive and intelligent and yeah, introspective. Yeah.
0: And yeah, thoughtful. Again, like it's like this movie has no idea what to do with Laurie Strode Like Laurie, like Laurie is completely wasted here. By
1: the way, is Jimmy the uh, the unseen love interest that is referenced in the first movie or no? No,
2: that's Ben Tramer who gets
0: no, killed. Ben, ben Tramer, Tramer was that's yeah. Ben Tramer. Yeah, Ben Tramer had a really crap night Yeah, that's yeah. Oh crap! Yeah. Ben, all Ben wanted was to shift. <laughs> I love that Andrew's like this. This, this tragedy has multiple. I layers. was
1: wondering that earlier on, <laughs> so because there was some reference to Ben. Tramer where I was thinking yeah he it, I, I, maybe it was you Billy uh, who said like oh he's thinking about Laurie um, and I was like is that the guy
3: yeah all he wants is a shift
1: yeah that sucks
3: and he gets, he gets exploded <laughs> and, if,
1: and if I the, like L- L- Laurie is kind of uh, at, at no point is she like you know I only have eyes for Ben Tramer
0: <laughs> <laughs> well why do you think he's drowning his sorrows <laughs> and
3: Laurie is making goo goo eyes at Mr. Jimmy like it's just heinous carry on she's
1: not even mourning him (laughs) she's
2: not even mourning him she's not very experienced with boys though they kind of established that in the first movie so she's just not
1: this is true she's
2: not used to getting much attention I will say though Jimmy his character was very strange to me because all he does is come in and just tell her more bad news (laughs) Like, that's all he does. In fairness, he offers to get her a can of Coke. (laughs) That's true. But, like, other than that, he's just coming in to be like, oh, yeah, oh, it's got got bad again now, Laurie. Oh, Michael's coming. Like, I'm like, what? He doesn't help her? He's not like, let's get out of here. I quite
0: like that it's, like, half an hour into Halloween 2 before Laurie realises that it was Michael Myers. Like, I really like that. I like that she... Yeah, Sorry. to
2: be fair, one of the things I'm... To agree with you, one of the things I like the most about this movie is that there are so many instances of people being murdered in the background while other characters just continue on with their day, don't notice. There are so many shots of him on the security cameras that people don't notice. So when you're talking about like, yes, it's very heavy handed where Loomis is saying people are the real evil. I think those scenes do kind of get at that a little bit because... you're right it does take a really long time for anybody to realize something is wrong and that's in a way it's because the hospital is such a brilliant setting because it's all these long corridors and all these places to hide and it's so quiet but I think yeah it's the kind of the complacency even from Laurie because Laurie's kind of like oh well it's over until someone's like no it isn't he's still out there and
0: he's coming to be fair I mean Loomis did shoot him six times not five times not seven oh, times. that's true he did shoot him that's six, six times. times if I were in a hospital I'd be like Pff, you know if it were four times I'd be I'd be anxious if it were five times I'd maybe lock the door but six times it's all clear baby
2: but then why didn't you do seven times that's my question <laughs> <laughs> or eight like 50 cent no nine yeah 50 cent got shot nine times sorry sorry 50 if you're listening and I know that you are it's okay he's too busy
0: I... working on power book six um I hope when they come to
1: put out the fire somebody is also thinking we should uh, it's about time we feed these babies as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: my god, one of the babies it's on its side. And I'm like, um someone's going to turn that baby over that baby's going to
1: suffocate i think mike myers identified that it needed some tummy time yeah.
0: um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I don't want to victim blame here but i do feel like the hospital staff here are not like the a staff yeah they're not they're like not they're the not team, like at the no. peak it's, performance
2: it's definitely like my sister is a nurse and she's told me about times when she'll be stuck on a shift for whatever reason with just like newbies and like idiots or whatever and it's usually the <laughs> night shift so where she'll be like the most senior person and kind of has to take care of everybody. So I got the feeling it was one of those nights because other than the kid with the razor blade, it's kind of a quiet night in there, you know what I mean? They're not really too out the door or anything. But yeah, you definitely I'd say everyone else has just been left to atrophy, Joey. They're just kind of been left to like die off in the beds while they all get their well, freak on. Well to be to be fair, apart from the babies, we don't see really see any other patients. Like and even so, Laurie doesn't get a great standard of care.
0: Like, she's left to fend for herself. <laughs> the one patient we, we have. In the corner. And then
2: she has the reaction.
0: Six nurses for every patient. She, she
3: has that vicious reaction. And all the nurses are running around like bumbling idiots until they find Mr. And they, I think they said he was the, the main, the, the head doctor. Like, he got drunk at the country club and he was still drunk when he arrived back on shift. <laughs> the hell <owl> fella.
2: <laughs> yeah, what was going on there? He clearly... Look, they clearly all thought it's going to be an easy night. We can relax. You know, we're all just going to have sex in the hot tub. Yeah.
0: Nothing bad ever happens on Halloween. Um, Ignore the news reports. (laughs) To be fair, at least Michael kills people. Like, it would be really inconvenient if he wounded them. That would be really inconvenient for this hospital staff. Like, straight through.
2: We have to to defend ourselves and we also have to treat these people. (laughs) Um... We have to do our jobs. Ew, (laughs) ew! (laughs) But I'm horny. Yeah, it's like (laughs) and the hot
1: tub is right there. (laughs) I feel like yeah, it's like it's the therapy room. I need some therapy, baby. But this is an office.
2: (laughs) But I'm so confused by what they were planning to do because they get in. I mean, we know from behind the scenes stuff that it was freezing in there. So I just feel so terrible for them, even watching them try to be like, "Ooh, it's so warm." But they get in. Then he gets out and then suddenly she's like Okay I gotta get back to work And every time I watch it I'm like hang on Were they not planning to have sex he, Did she get turned off at some point Like what happened there Was that all they were gonna do Joey
0: he's usually much quicker Oh <laughs>
2: usually
0: very oh, I fast. see That's the impression I get with both She's
2: like international man of missionary He's
3: <laughs> our good.
0: I like that.
2: Um, I do I do love that he, death even though it kind of makes no sense because obviously like with the scalding, obviously she drowns, but then there's also the scalding and the skin coming off and everything and it's like
1: why do both? I don't understand. She she But it looks good. She gets out in a hot tub after he had came. <laughs> um, all right, ha! sorry.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, I'm done." And she's like, oh, "Already?" But we
0: didn't <laughs>
2: But I didn't That's touch you. You, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, you, you
0: mentioned uh, when well, we talked about how empty, how eerily empty the hospital was. And it is worth noting that like, yes, that is based on Rick Rosenthal's own experiences. Apparently he and his wife went to hospital late one night and they found it very eerie, very empty, very abandoned. I don't know if that tracks for like Halloween night, which feels like it might be a little bit busier. But it does explain that that was an artistic choice that was made by the creative team. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about the deaths in this movie, then? Just very quickly, because they are much more graphic. They are much more gory. So we have, obviously, the syringe through the eye, oh. which is a really gruesome shot. The syringe through the temple, which is another gruesome shot. We have the, as you mentioned, like, Bud gets, like, strangled or pulled off screen. And then, obviously, you have the dunking in the hot tub slash therapy tub, where her skin boils off. You have uh, the sequence I'm where... I'm going to
1: guess, by the way, that that, that you'd be okay with a syringe through the eye. Possibly even through the temple. <laughs> like- well, <laughs>
2: apparently, apparently, Carpenter was asked at a QA and a to explain the temple thing, but it's because he injects an air bubble into their head.
0: Right.
2: So it's not just that he like stabs them it's also the air bubble but yeah apparently You
0: do see him you do see him pull the kind of thing out. The-
2: exactly, yeah. you see him pull it up. But apparently yeah, someone at a fan convention or something was like, "Excuse me Mr. Carpenter, <laughs> could you please explain this death from Halloween 2."
0: I hope somebody got fired for that. Um- <laughs> <laughs> I've
2: wanted to ask this for 40 years.
0: I I will say I and uh, we mentioned you have the vampire killing with the blood on the floor and I think actually that shot is quite impressive. It is. That shot of her on the bed and him lying on the ground where you have the light from the doorway. It's kind of vaguely expressionistic. Um, I really, really like it. Yeah. But you also have the moment where he kills By the, the- way,
1: there's a Jason Statham movie where like at least eleven people slip. On. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> um, All right.
1: And that's a great scene.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then like I
3: Can I gently segue Darren just really quick. I have a I have a thought. I need to get it out of my head. But it is related. So speaking of the nurse's death been boiled, um in the hydro tub thing whatever it is do we think that that is inspiration for the liquid nitrogen kill in jason x
2: probably Ooh.
3: yeah i would say probably or is that too much yeah. is that too is that too far-fetched a uh,
2: connection no, no i think it's probably just with the dunking it's probably an homage yeah why not
0: like again it it's a properly iconic murder to be fair to it like again it is yeah the, absolutely it is myers you know you know, he's he's a little bit creative. We talked about it last week, where he kind of, like, staged the bodies. He had the tombstone. He, like, prepared his little house of horrors for Laurie. It does seem like he's scaling upwards now. He's like, okay, maybe I can't just arrange the bodies the after the after death. Still maybe the murder- hasn't eaten. <laughs> On camera. Right. He had Don't a long worry. walk. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Don't you worry, he'll eat in Rob Zombie's
0: Halloween
1: too. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really so lovely. don't you oh, worry. You it's a very st- it's
2: a very pivotal moment.
1: Starving, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, at that stage it's been 11 like, he, movies.
1: Like in in Rob Zombie's Halloween, he doesn't get much candy. Like he gets the uh, sorry, we spoke about this. Yeah. We will, we will speak we about will, this. We will in speak future. about this. We
0: will when uh, the time when comes. When the time <laughs> comes. Um but yeah, and like I I kind of it does feel like this is more just a collection of cool deaths, which is a reasonable way to approach a slasher movie, but isn't entirely satisfying i think it's a death delivery vehicle that's it a death delivery mechanism um I-, I just
2: I just think you haven't watched enough terrible horror fair <laughs> there is i mean especially slashers there are so much lazy slashers, so many that don't try and do anything, and yeah this is. God, the deaths definitely aren't among the worst oh, I've seen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Like we, we far may to, Like Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, at some point in the future for point of comparison.
3: Oh my God, I'm <laughs> down for that. <laughs> <laughs> pick but, me, pick me. But we, the sequence
0: where I love the sequence where he like he scalps the knife in the back, uh, scalps a nurse in the back lifts her up off the ground and you get this wonderful shot of her shoes dropping off
3: yes yeah it's very good like
0: i'm like forget the blood don't give me the gore don't give me the splatter give me the shot of a woman being lifted off the ground and her shoes dropping off it's like uh, that sort of stuff i really really like but billy you mentioned you like the the reveal of the sibling relationship
3: yeah um, i'd say that's probably like just to uh, introduce a gentle caveat. I think a lot. I think I think that was kind of nostalgia driven, because I just remember when I was a kid and I saw for the first time. I just went like it, like blew my mind. I was like, "That's that's class. It makes perfect sense. No wonder. Obviously, unreal, fantastic." Now, obviously, having um this idea of just Michael being this evil entity that kind of nearly hunts like an animal and has no. No, nothing behind you no know, rhyme or reason Bar This instinct kill is like really fascinating and, and, and it's brilliant. And I, I do think it is very much in tune with his character. I do like the whole kind of evil comes home, kind of familial relationship thing as well. That nearly like, potentially that Laurie was like his last, the last bastion of his humanity. So he had to like nearly wipe her mm. off the face of the map. I really liked that. But then obviously like, even though I do like on a different, all the kind of Cult of Thorn, more supernatural stuff, even like, even though I don't consider that to be quite kind of, for me I don't consider that Halloween, I nearly think of it as a standalone thing, because I do like the kind of idea of Michael just being this evil incarnate predator, that there's nothing else kind of going on behind the scenes. Um, But yeah, I, I really liked it, I thought that, that that's always how I read it, that Laurie was nearly the the last thing kind of tethering him to humanity, and whether he realized it or not, he needed rid of her. And I always liked it.
0: Joey, how do you feel about that twist? Because it it defines the franchise from here on out. Whether you know we lean into it as in later sequels, or we push back against it as we do with the Green movies, how do you feel about that like big shocking reveal in Halloween two?
2: I don't think it's necessary. I prefer when he's just unexplained. I think when you start to explain him, it just... Like, it would have made more sense to be like, well, she was the only one left alive from his Halloween night massacre, so he had to finish the job. To me, that would that would have been just as satisfying. Um, I do think they lean on it way, way too heavily in the sequels, as we'll probably see. Um, and I was really impressed. I think, again, one of the first trailers that came out for Hollow Green was <laughs> that little clip. That little clip of them, the teenagers talking and him being like, oh, wasn't it her brother? And she's like, no, it wasn't her brother. That's just something people made up because it made them feel better. Like that was one of those moments where you thought, whoa, they're really making a statement with this. They are saying, no, forget all that. We're starting from the beginning and we're going to do it right. And then to my mind, they did. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I And it's clunky. Again, the way it's dealt with in the movie is so clunky with these... Weird
0: dream flashbacks. Um
2: yeah, dream flashbacks, nightmares, whatever they are of her mom being like, I hate you. (laughs) It's just what? And actually, funnily enough, I think they do it better in Rob Zombies Halloween because it's like a loving family, yeah, and they're they're so close. And then you've got that great moment where (laughs) Malcolm McDowell is like, Lori Strode is Michael Myers' sister. (laughs) And you're like, Cool, okay. sure
0: (laughs) well I mean we'll talk about it when we talk about the zombie movies I feel like the zombie movies are the logical culmination of this where it's like you have been given this and you have to work through it yes the zombie movies are a logical culmination I think the problem with this is that it sets in motion you try to explain Michael and that gets you to things like the it's a dead end yeah and
2: yes it's a dead end you have to keep and again in Robbie's, Rob Zombie's Halloween, at the beginning, you see this, scre- like, screaming baby. So you know there's another kid. Mm. We never get that sense in John Carpenter's Halloween yeah. that there's anyone else. So it does kind of come as a shock where you're like, what? What do you mean there's another sister? Where did she come from? Where did she go? I mean, it's worth- but why
1: Why kill that sister as well? I, I Like, like what, what, yes. what Darren said is that it's like, his only kind of connection to humanity. I well, think that was. That or oh, so, oh, sorry, sorry. I, I I beg your pardon. Sexist. <laughs>
3: we're just we're so symbolic, Darren.
1: We are interchangeable. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, he peed it. <laughs> I did. Um, I apologize. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, no. Um, the, but yeah. The the, I kind of, I like the idea. Yeah. If if it is, the sister. That is kind of drawn to her
0: and haunts her, but isn't trying to kill her. Like, oh, like, Andrew, like you are uh, going to love like zombies Halloween too, or hate it, but you're gonna feel strongly about uh,
1: it. Yeah, like, like, like Ripley in in, in Alien in Alien Cubed, or, or Alien
0: Resurrection. Resurrection's the one with the the baby with the human esque thing.
1: Yeah, but they, they in, in 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 Alien Cube they don't kill her because she's she's pregnant. got the yeah
0: she's got the queen inside. Yeah, yeah.
1: But that sense of like they won't leave her alone. Yeah. But like, uh, uh, you know, her choice
0: is 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 irrelevant. Is death. Um, you know. Yeah. I mean, it is worth just to to quote from Carpenter like explaining this choice because Carpenter has been on the record. He... That she
1: sorry, just that she can't be freed by death. Yeah. Mike Myers isn't gonna isn't gonna
0: uh, like end it for, her. yeah. Yeah, I suppose. But again, again, there is the thing of like Curtis isn't coming back either. Is the thing, right? Like, and this is her last, her swan song. I mean, like Carpenter has been quite frank about how much he hates this, despite being the one who wrote it. Mm-hmm. Again, he says two a.m. when he came up with it. The brother reveal was caused by NBC. He explained the MB- NBC purchased the rights to show Halloween on network television, but our movie was too short for them, so we need to add some time. I think we had to add, what was it, eight minutes or something? I don't remember. And there was nothing to add. The first movie was just something I wanted to make. I don't have anything to add to it, so I came up with this brother thing. It was awful, just awful, but I did it. And to quote, like, I love that in this series we are going to go from quoting, like, John Carpenter to quoting creative writer Danny McBride. (laughs) McBride, when he, as Joey mentioned, the Gordon Green movies cut this entirely... And McBride, like, did interviews, like, off the bat to, like, to stress that they were doing this. I was pushing for that removal right off the bat. I just felt that it was an area where he wasn't quite as scary anymore. It seemed too personalised. I wasn't as afraid of Michael Myers anymore because I'm not his fucking brother. So he's not coming after me. Yeah. Also you've seen it. So wouldn't it be interesting to see what would happen if it wasn't that? And what does that open up for us? If it wasn't this, if it wasn't this random killing that has affected this character. So it just seemed like new territory. So I, I kind of, I like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not a, I am not a big fan of the reveal of the sibling relationship. I think um, Bernice mentioned last week, it's very Empire Strikes Back.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Um which released yes. the, the previous year and was a massive, massive hit. Um all right, is there anything else you want to talk about with Halloween 2? Anything we want to discuss? Anything we haven't uh anything jumping out at anybody? So Billy?
3: Um not that I can think of. Uh once again I'll just reiterate uh Justice Her for- Ben,
2: ben Tramer <laughs> ben, ben Tramer Billy likes Ben Tramer
0: Billy wants
3: <laughs> you, to go to the prom with him I have a thing for blondes you see I just you know <laughs> just my way
0: <laughs> I, I like that this isn't even like the weirdest uh, like crush reveal we have had this episode but anyway certainly um,
3: thanks, thank Andrew.
0: <laughs> and I was like I was banking on it being the female gremlin but it wasn't that either Um Joey <laughs> Anything? Her name is Greta. <laughs>
2: Say her name.
0: <laughs> Greta Gremlin. Greta Gremlin. Apologies. Um, but, Joey, anything you want to talk about we haven't discussed already and jumping out at you?
2: Uh, the only thing I can think of is that we don't usually see the aftermath of these kind of stalk and slash things. You know, with uh, sequels, they usually kind of just start with, oh, it's a whole new bunch of people, whatever. So I think that's pretty cool. I, I mean, I don't think it does it brilliantly, well,
0: bracket just disappears. Like, 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 bracket is like. By the way, your daughter's dead. Is like, well, I gotta go home and deal with this. And I'm like, yes, you do. But it would be also be nice for us to see that.
2: But even that even is done better, I think, yeah. in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Brad Dourif just is is brilliant when he discovers, and you know, we'll get into that when we do it. But I do think it's an interesting twist on it that you know, this whole movie really is the aftermath. And I think that's pretty cool. I don't think, again, like I've said before, I don't think it needed a sequel. I agree with Carpenter on that for sure. And I do think there was a sense of like, what more is there to say here? And we'll see with the other sequels that there kind of isn't really much more that you can do. People do just start kind of rehashing it and worse and worse. Um, but I do think it has some interesting moments. I think there's a great shot of Mike in a, in a rear view mirror that I think is pretty cool. There's some like great background stuff where he pops up. But yeah, I would agree with you that It's sort of a movie in search of a great idea and that the parts that are good are few and far between and it definitely plays better alongside Halloween rather than as a standalone, because as a standalone, it does feel kind of clunky more than anything else.
0: And I will say, while I don't think it's as obviously not as well directed as the original Halloween, because when you need a craftsman, you call a carpenter. Mm. Um, I do think that like the cinematography, Dean Cundey's work here is quite nice. There are some wonderful shots of it is. Myers emerging from the shadows. Like there's a moment where the nurse goes in and finds the doctor with the syringe in his eye. Yes. And she backs away and like Myers just is revealed yeah. in the shadow behind her. That's good. Yeah. Uh, which is just a great, is great shot. It's a, it's a great it's shot. A beautiful. Beat. Yeah, it is. Um, and Andrew, anything in your notes? Anything jumping out at you?
1: No, I, I, I had the, the 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 examples of misogyny. There was like Alice is, I think, the first kill. Yes. On the phone at the beginning, she's just like, "Oh, I'd say it's probably." Um, I, 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 I heard Mrs. Elrod. She's probably very. She, she, she's very annoying. She's always nagging her husband, so he probably beat her. That's probably what it is. That that's like her her first the establishing assumption. moment. Yeah, yes. and
0: mm. and then, and then that, the slot the, the the shot is her face being splattered with blood as he slits her throat.
1: Exactly. There, there is, and then the and just in in the, I think Bud's first line is. Do you know this chick? Like, and Laurie can certainly hear them. It's like she's not there. It's weird. Yeah. And uh, but but I don't think it's making some sort of a point about.
0: Yeah. No. I don't. Uh, no. I don't think the movie dislikes Bud. Like, I don't think the movie. No. Like, I don't think it's Bud. Awful. And this-
1: Bud generally, I mean, is the the biggest jerk. Like to to yep. Janet to Karen to everybody. And I think we're supposed to think of him as like this uh, irascible, like scamp,
0: yeah. you know, a character and, who wandered in from Porky's.
1: Yeah, there's, there's also the, the, um, in the same vein, there's like the, the how Janet just cannot work a walkie-talkie. momentum to meant
2: um, <laughs> Oh, so funny! Yeah, it does seem complicated, though.
1: <laughs> it does, in fairness, yeah. There yeah. are
0: several it, more like, knobs than he- there need to be. It's
2: a a huge walkie-talkie, and when he's walking away, she's like, "I don't know how to use this," and he just ignores her. Yeah, I'm so like that's his fault as well. Do you know what I mean? I'm
1: certainly not criticizing her. I think the oh, I know. I think the movie is kind of like this silly woman doesn't know how to work a a walkie-talkie. She just needs a
2: man to help her.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why?
2: This is why women should not be allowed (laughs) out alone. They should always have a male escort in case they need help with a walkie-talkie or a door. Or, you know, maybe the buttons on their cardigan if they get too warm.
1: Do, yeah.
3: Yeah, don't opening jars,
2: jars, changing
3: light bulbs. Yeah, it's very hard.
1: Mike Myers knows that in order to, like, get rid of them all first he has to kill their male escort Uh, that's Mr. Garrett he
2: has to get rid of the men first so the women will be exposed (laughs)
0: that that is actually because he does he kills the doctor it's it's like
2: in Bioshock where you have to kill
3: the big daddies and rescue the little sisters (laughs) that's what that is he
0: kills the doctor and he kills the security guard you're right and then he obviously he kills Bud before he kills and he kills Bud quickly so he can luxuriate in like the again Jimmy never dies does he who? Jimmy does, well, he passes out in the car. Are we meant to take yeah. that as him being like a concussion? He just kind of run, right, runs yeah.
1: out of steam.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's all tuckered
0: yeah,
1: out.
2: Jimmy's shit. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy's
3: useless.
1: <laughs> Pretty He's much. no Ben Tramer. No, no. He's
3: no Ben Tramer. <laughs> ben
1: Tramer would have saved <laughs> everyone. <laughs>
0: yeah. If he'd only been given the chance. He could have a flaming man <laughs> fight. <laughs> 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 a flaming masked man. Fun. It's like Freddy
3: versus Jason, but it's it's Michael versus Ben. Long, long overdue.
0: By the way, the police officer who smashes into Ben Tramer is also played by Dick Warlock, which is great. Uh... <laughs> All right. Good for him. You saw my <laughs>
1: Um Yeah.
3: Actually, Darren, I have a quick question before we finish up, just while it's in my head, because I totally forgot about it when you asked me, did I have anything else to say? And I said no. But. Obviously, consider with Halloween the first one, as we have already covered. That the lads kind of they didn't realize the lads like I know them like they're my best friends, <laughs> <laughs> but they it this was it was essentially to be standalone, and then it blew up, and this is how like Halloween two and the franchise kind of came to fruition, and then obviously with Sam Hayne. <laughs> Sam Hain, <laughs> um great guy. This is kind of the first kind of great guy, best friend this is kind of the first hint, like obviously it's alluded that Michael is almost like, because he is so relentlessly evil that he's almost like superhuman, but like he's not. But then obviously there's the kind of teasers in Halloween too, that there's something else kind of going on, potentially related actually to Halloween with Sam Haim and all that kind of malarkey. And then obviously come like, like Season of the Witch, even though obviously it's not to Michael, but then from four... Onwards to um, you know, before like Resurrection and H two O and stuff. So like, was it uh, four, five, six? You've got Cult of Thorn and all that kind of supernatural, uh, vaguely Celtic kind of uh, spooky goodness. Uh, do we think that that was kind of shoehorned in, like, out of just sheer panic and just kind of just slapping it in there, and then the kind of went well? We have to roll with it. Or um, was that something that was like nearly uh, preordained beforehand?
0: It certainly wasn't preordained. I can assure you that. But it was. It's one of those things that seemed to have trickled in from like the supportive media, where like there was a novel that was written by Richard Curtis. Not that Richard Curtis, to be clear, that would be an interesting <laughs> swerve. But Richard Curtis wrote that. That'd be amazing. <clears throat> that would be great. <laughs> um, slash, actually, um, but like. it it, uh obviously he's he's writing a novel based on a script for a movie called halloween and he's like i don't know what this is going to look like i don't have any frame of reference for a slasher movie so he just kind of goes
1: completely what'll i what'll i do i'm I'm jamie lee curtis's uncle Uh
0: (laughs) i'm a (laughs) nepo uncle Uh but um so apparently the prologue to the original novelization of Halloween published in 1978 includes an entire like flashback reincarnation romance story that takes place on ancient Samhain between the Princess Deirdre the youngest daughter of the Druid Queen Gwen Will now on the cusp of womanhood she is highly sought after by village bachelors one commoner especially smitten is the unfortunate Enda who appears physically deformed due to complications at birth Aww. and so basically you have this big epic romantic prologue to the novelization that basically suggests that like Michael Myers and Laurie Strode are this reincarnated version of Deirdre and Enda repeating that Sam Samhain cycle over over and over again, it's, it's
1: like so stupid. Um, uh, maybe, maybe it hurts more because we're Irish. I feel it, like it these horror franchises don't tend to get it right, aside from the leprechaun movies, obviously.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're very tactful of representations of yeah. Irish culture and history, of course. Yeah, very accurate. Um, okay, well, look, I, I'm just gonna read a couple. of... Andrew's like, can we please end? <laughs> oh, um, but Billy brought this up, so I feel like I just want to read some excerpts from I Richard Harris's novelization. Richard Harris? Richard Curtis apologies. <laughs> Richard Harris's novelization be something else. The horror <laughs> started tremendous. on the eve. The horror started on the eve of Samhain in the foggy vale in Northern Ireland at the dawn of the Celtic race. Once started, it trod the earth forevermore, wreaking its savagery suddenly, swiftly, and with incredible ferocity. Then, its lust sated, it shrank back into the mists of time for a year, a decade, a generation perhaps. But it slept only and did not die, for it could not be killed on the eve before Samhain it would stir and if the lust were powerful enough it would rise to fulfil the curse invoked so many Samhains before then the people would bolt their doors scant good it did them for the thing laughed at locks and bolts and besides there were the unwary always the unwary so yes that is that is the opening paragraph of the 1978 novelization of Halloween. Amazing. So, to answer your question, Billy, no, but they just kind of went with it. It seems. Love it. Um, All right, <laughs> all right then. On that note, Andrew, is there nothing else in your notes?
1: No, I suppose there's the food waste of the the um, not eating food that has razor blades in it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it. he's hangry? Is that <laughs> yeah. your take on Michael
0: Myers? Yeah, um, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alright then, so what we normally do at the end of the podcast is we ask our guests to recommend something something related to the movie, something unrelated to the movie, just something that brings you joy in these uncertain times so to give Billy, to give Joey a chance to think about it, I'm going to ask Andrew to go first.
1: Yeah, no we we, I'm I'm going to actually do it and um This Lionsgate Plus brings fresh perspectives to life through bold storytelling. You can they're sign up now to stream original us. series. No, they're not paying us. We should be clear. <laughs> um, but I, I saw they, they have Crank too. Um, <laughs> high uh, voltage. High
0: voltage
1: with the touch <laughs> <laughs> it's a, the a great kids. movie and yeah, it's another movie it's that like fantastic. this one i
0: believe begins immediately after the last one right yeah
1: and it's a uh, bonkers uh, jason statham action movie it's it's it's
3: it's great fun. it's
1: so incredible um another one in uh, which like this movie is in the um, uh, horror franchise genre is uh, Red Dragon. I really like Red Ooh, Dragon. Brett retners
2: Oh my god, I cannot, cannot watch that. Really? I saw that in the cinema, and I was absolutely terrified. And I'm, yeah, thirty five and still no. I love it. Absolutely cannot.
0: The performance from um, Ray Fiennes is incredible are- in it, it. it
2: is. It is incredible. It is unbelievable. I can't watch Sons of the Lambs either. I don't think I've ever got through Sons of the Lambs. Have you watched Animal, Joey, or no? The TV show? Yeah, I loved it.
0: Well, that is available on Lionsgate Plus. <laughs> Sponsor! Shoes! <Sorry. laughs> <laughs> <Choose. laughs> um.
1: Sorry, I'm thinking of all the money um, <laughs> did you realise we negotiate Before we do the shilling like, That's typically how these things work uh,
0: It's not really a uh, great no, to-
1: thing How much is this worth to you <laughs> yeah. The
3: new influencer thing apparently Is to like retroactively get sponsorships <laughs> So like all the makeup people On TikTok they'll go oh my god I love this product L'Oreal and then L'Oreal will go Can we buy that off you and they're like sure
2: And it's it, nice. and That's, we the, gotta that's get- the new thing we got to get in on this, Billy. We got to be like, I love my Living Dead doll. Yeah, could, oh, could I have I've another? Tried. Yeah, it's my fave. Could, could I have another? Maybe. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's my fave, Billy. I collect them all.
0: <laughs> Billy, what would you recommend? What are you enjoying at the moment?
3: Um, I'm trying to think now. I'm actually after um, finishing off season two of a um. Horror kind of TV show called From Oh, yeah, Heard Good Things. I don't know heard if Good you've... Things. Um, it's, it's very, very, very good. Um, I'd seen and heard Good Things, I kind of wasn't sure, and I didn't know where to kind of find it initially because I think it was like on Epic or whatever, and now which is now I think MGM Plus or something. Um, <laughs> but
0: yeah, it's Billy, they're not it's, a sponsor, it's, it's, it's very good.
2: <laughs> we, we only watch. We only watch Lionsgate Plus. Sorry,
3: Sorry, I'll see myself out. um, Please
2: choose (laughs) from the Lionsgate Plus list.
0: Pre-approved. That you were given (laughs) in advance.
2: (laughs) I'm
3: sorry, I'm sorry, okay? But um, basically... Oh, Crack uh, 2, Crack 2, I (laughs) voted. Yeah, Crack 2. Jason book 3. But um, (laughs) yeah, basically it's it's kind of a horror sci-fi kind of... Undertones as well. It's about residents of this like really small, mysterious town. They get trapped within. They can't leave. And there's these creatures that um kind of haunt the town at night. Um, it sounds like really derivative, which I think is what kind of turned me off it initially. But um, I urge you to give it a bash because it's it's very very good. It's very engaging. Um, I watched um not on Lionsgate Plus now. But I watched it on um, Now TV slash Sky, Ooh. and it's it's headed by I know I'm going to butcher his name. I'm so embarrassed, but um, I love him, uh, Harold uh, Perrineau. Per- oh, Perineau, Perineau. from Lost
0: and from Romeo and Juliet and from Oz. Love, love yes,
3: love incredible. And he really gets the shine in this. He's such a, an amazing leading man. Um, but yeah, so it's headed by him, and there's a really interesting kind of cast of characters. So highly, highly recommend. Um. First two seasons are out. I think 10 episodes each. It's almost like Lovecraft in a lot of ways as well. It's, uh, it's like Lovecraft meets Stephen King meets God knows whatever other terrors are out there. It's very, very good. Um, And third season has been greenlit. Obviously with the strikes and everything going on, I can't imagine it coming around anytime soon, but it's definitely worth keeping in the back pocket um, if you're looking for something interesting to watch.
0: Okay, so what you're saying is we should run to, from?
2: Ha! Yes, no. All right.
0: <laughs> and Joey, what would you recommend? <laughs> what are you enjoying? At the moment?
2: Uh, just because we were talking about uh Irish mysticism and how the Yanks so often get it wrong because they don't understand our culture, there's a great movie called The Hallow, which is made by a Brit, but it's an Irish British co-production. It was filmed in Galway. And it's I've heard it referred to as the Irish Evil Dead, which I think is really funny because it's about changelings and like fairies in the forest and stuff, but it's so fantastic, and it's actually using our folklore in a clever way, in a scary way, and it's still so underrated. Um, it's directed by Karen Hardy, who works on Gangs of London, and yeah, I just feel like I don't ever hear enough people talking about it, and I don't know why because it's so great. And you know, every year for St. Patrick's Day, you see these American sites doing lists of like the best Irish horror movies, and it's always something terrible, like a dark song, and I'm just like, no. The Cellar? Yes, just like wait, I think I liked The Cellar Okay,
0: sorry, was that, <laughs> that, was, that was, Alicia, was a drive-by No, was Alicia,
2: was Alicia Cuthbert in that one? I no, think I did yes. like that one
0: Okay, we're thinking of a different Cellar then
2: My one was new, it was new enough now, and it was very, very Lovecraftian actually,
0: funnily enough Okay, I am thinking of the one that premiered at the Dublin Film Festival a couple of years ago, which was probably a, an unfortunate drive-by. Yeah,
3: Cellar me. is with Brendan Muldowney, and it's Alicia Cuthbert and Mackin, 2022
0: Okay, that's probably a bit later than the one I'm thinking of.
3: And it was on Shutter,
2: <laughs> one's good too. But then um,
0: you're thinking and of the light and s- life and death of
1: Peter Sellers. <laughs> that's
2: exactly <laughs> that's what, what you're I'm thinking sorry of. You're sorry, sorry, you're sorry, going, you were thinking of getting there. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> but then also for good modern slashers, I finally got to see The Blackening, and it's so good. It's so funny and so clever. It's one of those movies where it just it begs to be rewatched again immediately because you need to catch all the stuff that you missed while you were laughing at other stuff like there's a people under the stairs reference in the first half an hour and you just know you're in good hands so if anyone listening is looking for a good slasher definitely track that one down if you're interested in the irish folklore and the mysticism then watch the hallow do not watch a dark song it's awful don't listen to what anyone says they're usually yanks
0: (laughs) um in terms of recommendations for myself, um, I've been rewatching Carpenter movies as I go along with these because obviously I don't watch enough movies, so I need to watch more of them. That's true, um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's exactly what Andrew you don't, says. To but Darren,
3: me. you don't like movies. I,
0: yeah, no, I don't like movies. You
3: don't like movies, no. That g- that's that's what I heard word on the street that's, that's, oh, <laughs> yeah you don't like
0: movies thank you Andrew for making that a meme <laughs> um, but, but um, yeah so uh, I've been rewatched. I watched The Fog which is phenomenal that also has a Jamie Lee is. Curtis performance in it it's wonderful uh, Escape from New York which is the movie that he made the same year that he made this which is one of my favourite movies of all time but also like 1981 was a stacked year uh, when it came to kind of great movies um, like The Evil Dead came out the same year excalibur came out the same year um it's just like the shining i think released over here in ireland that year as well so any of those movies i mean because obviously nobody listening to this podcast has seen the shining that's a completely new recommendation (laughs) Um, and i would recommend if you are dipping your toe into horror franchises if you want a second movie in a franchise that is brilliant Uh, i think scream 2 is arguably the best Mm. horror sequel that has ever been made uh, I I'm love just it. Running down in my head. It's Certainly, I think the best second movie in a horror franchise that has ever been made. And I would also recommend a Better Nightmare in Elm Street. Scary Elf- movie too. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, <I laughs> would scary al-
2: movie too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is good. It's quite I,
0: good. <laughs> I would also recommend um, a Nightmare in Elm Street too, which has been reclaimed. I think Joey mentioned that every movie on. If you wait long enough, every movie will eventually be reclaimed. Um, it's true
2: especially horror especially movies especially
0: horror movies but I think a Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is genuinely worthy of being reclaimed It is, has been reclaimed as a story of a young man coming to terms with his sexuality uh, through the personification of Freddy Krueger um, some really really great queer reads on that which are phenomenal I think uh, guest of the show past feature guest Ronan Doyle has written about it phenomenally well I would wholeheartedly recommend checking out his review of it uh, but yeah that would be what I would recommend
2: there's a great um, documentary on it as well yeah I was just gonna say, Scream Queen. It's on um, on Scream Shudder. Queen. Mm-hmm. So good,
0: so good. All right then. Well, we' too late now. We should have got sponsorship from Shudder. We're all <laughs> in on Lionsgate, baby. We're all in on Lionsgate Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, if listeners are looking for a bit more Billy Jean Dougherty in their lives, where can they find you? Watch out, watch you up to.
3: Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Videonasty Presents, and yeah, my website is currently um. Am I getting sorted? So that's where you can find me at the minute, um, or at tel- at terribly
2: on also Instagram slash Twitter.
0: Perfect. And Joey, where you at? Watch up to.
2: I'm still on Twitter until the place burns down. <laughs> at Joey LDG. <laughs>
0: um. Perfect. And you can follow the podcast at, at the two fifty. We will be back. On Saturday, talking about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. We've apparently set up a battle between myself and Joey, but joining us for that discussion (laughs) from The Sunday Presents will be the wonderful Kira Maloney, the fantastic Dean Buckley. Hopefully, it'll be a very interesting discussion. And look, 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 look. We have given the Halloween franchise a very tough time about its portrayal of Irishness uh, in Halloween (laughs) 3. I am absolutely certain that halloween three season the witch will be a positive representation from the franchise take care guys we will see you on saturday thank you so much guys Thanks so
1: much guys i'm
0: so sorry I, that went so long we went so long <laughs> i don't even know what how? we were discussing i don't even know how it... Mr. Sandman,